Oh shit, Tawny. <laughs> <laughs> Movie crew. I'm Josh. Hey, all Seth here. Hey, it's Jess. Kirby's request number 10. We're talking about Stephen King's The Mist, and we're joined by the requesters themselves Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. Welcome to the Horror Movie Crew Podcast. Hey, thank you. Mm, you guys nervous? Yeah. yeah. A little bit. Don't be. You don't look as nervous as the last guest we had. We had Chuck <laughs> on, and he looked very, very nervous. He was sweating. <laughs> yeah, he said he was really nervous, too. Really? Was yeah. Really? Yeah. It was you. You scare people. I know. <laughs> well, thank you for being on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for suggesting the movie. Um, usually when we have guests on, this is the time where we give you guys the floor to do a shameless plug for your podcast. So why don't you tell us about your podcast? So we, just like these wonderful guys over here, guys and gal, uh, do a horror podcast, horror movie review situation. So it's really great. <laughs> it's super fun it's called two chicks in a horror flick and um we've uh, we started it back in oh you know what i wrote that down and i we started it back in may is when we were talking about it but june 27th was our very first episode that we launched and um yeah, we have what well, we're going to have about 30 episodes now with the one that we just recorded last night and super excited about that and yeah we love it. We review guys, scary movies. <laughs> you guys started at the same time we did, right? Yeah, I think around around that time. Was our first episode in May? I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think it the was. end of May, right? Yeah. Because it always screws up all my analytics when I pull them because it, <laughs> the episode Scream came out in May, but all the downloads are in June, I think. Ah. Uh. I think. I don't know. But honestly, I try to forget anytime I'm around either of these two. Mm. <laughs> Nothing good ever happens. Well, what are you going to do? Okay, so I have some questions, just some probing questions, because one, I think it's important for our listeners to get to know you guys, and two, I'm nosy. So um, <laughs> you guys have been a podcast since May or June. Mm-hmm. You have 30 episodes. You've already answered all these questions. I bet you went through this and answered these already, making me look stupid. Well, yeah, because I thought that's what you wanted me to do. <laughs> when you asked us to talk about the podcast, I thought you wanted to say I don't work with overachievers, Felicia. I'm sorry. Okay. But we're all followers. I left two of them for you, Thank though, you. So. I do appreciate that. So, hey, <laughs> since you left this one for me, if someone's just starting out listening to you guys, which podcast should they listen to first? All right. So I would say at first I was thinking whatever your favorite movie is that we reviewed, because I personally like to listen to reviews where I've seen the movie so that, you know, I can kind of get what they're talking about and stuff like that. One of our favorite um, one of our favorite episodes, though, was Antichrist, which it, I wouldn't suggest people start with it, though, because uh, it's heavy and you're either going to love it or it's going to absolutely disgust you. So but that was our favorite episode to record. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, 
Antichrist is my favorite episode, but that movie is not for everybody. So like, if you don't know about watching that movie, you should not start with that one. And you shouldn't listen to it without watching the movie because we're gonna sound like crazy people. So as a backup, I'm gonna say the one that we just recorded last night, which is Black Christmas. It's not out yet, but it will be soon. Yes. Beautiful. I don't think I've seen Antichrist. I've never seen it, I don't think. It is a lot. It's. Sometimes I get nervous that I recommended it. Like, is it good or is it? It is. I mean, we thought so. Okay. We both loved it, but it is highly divisive. Some people really hate it and think it's like really stupid. Hmm. It's Hmm. incredibly graphic. Yeah. And Hmm. sad and dark. I mean, maybe people should listen to the episode first before going into the movie. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) But that's our favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I kind of want to watch it. Hmm. Oh shit! <laughs> I do too now. Okay, so what is your favorite genre of horror? My favorite genre of horror is psychological horror. Love, love that. I'm finding. I didn't even know I had a favorite genre until we just started watching all these movies, and that is definitely my favorite. Um, mine is, I would say, supernatural horror. Mm. Jess, you have a Me soulmate. Too. Me too. <laughs> so which one of you that. which one of you liked the lodge felicia you liked the lodge didn't you no that was me you liked the lodge because i fucking hated it yeah me too well i mean i just i just like it i think we, i always feel bad because like i don't want to be like yeah i hated it tawny and she loved it so much but i think i talked her down a half a point and she talked me up a half a point from our original rating uh after we discussed it hmm, hmm. Did, did you watch it yet? <laughs> no, because you said it sucked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I um, want to watch it, though. I think I'll watch it anyway. Okay. I just remember listening to you guys' episode. I remember one of you liked it and one of you hated it. And I was like, hmm. And it, honestly, full disclosure, I actually listened to you guys' episode before I watched it. So you kind of ruined the movie for me. So maybe that's uh, why I didn't like it. Oh, well. <laughs> we do say we ruin movies. So that's on you. I don't uh, feel guilty. <laughs> that's on you. Well, the whole time, and I don't want to spoil it for these two because maybe they'll watch it. I don't know, but I knew what the twist was, so I was like, oh, I fucking hate these people. Yeah, I recommend if you want to watch the movie, don't look up anything about it. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I ruined it for him. Sorry. Um, okay, each of you, what is your favorite horror movie? So my favorite horror movie has, oh, I just have to pick one. Um, Jess won't pick one, so if you want to be like her. <laughs> I did pick okay, one. Okay. I- I am going to pick, I am going to pick four. Okay, I'll pick one. <laughs> I'll say it used to be Halloween, but after watching Black Christmas, Black Christmas is my favorite now. And then I have four others, but I won't say what they are. <laughs> Just what's yours? What's your one? The Shining. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Um, I'm going to say Hereditary. Hmm. That's a good one. Good pick. Hmm. You haven't seen that, have you? Mm-mm. I liked Hereditary. I didn't think I was going to like it, and then I did like it. Mm-hmm. It surprised me. Although it's way too fucking long, just so we can be honest. I love Tony Collette. She's, oh, she she's was yes. so she's so amazing. Great. She did great. Seth can't comment because he never watched it because he's a loser. <laughs> um, all right, so Halloween and Hereditary. I, I just I got to know, what are the other three? Okay, so I have them right here. I'm ready. The Strangers and Sinister and i really liked host we've done all those but host yeah, mm-hmm. I've, i don't think i've seen this it's only like an hour it's actually not bad but it's the whole thing so is good. like you're watching a zoom call 
Oh. It's so good. Yeah. It's pretty good. It. It's on Shudder. I recommend. I'll give you my Shudder account if you want to watch it. Okay. For $5. Can I give a shout out to my other movie that I was going to say? Because sure. Because also it says favorite movie <laughs> uh-huh. and favorite horror movie. So I wrote down two because my other favorite movie is Silent Hill. And I tried that to sneak that movie. out. That is a really good movie. It's also horror. Movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you mm. like it. A lot of people don't. I love that movie. That's a great movie. I have like a great movie. regular yes. movies. Okay. You're Sorry. Regular movies? Go ahead. What's your regular like, movie? You said favorite movie, and I wrote this down and I laughed to myself and then thought, you know what? I have to be true and honest. And my favorite movie of all time is The Elephant Man and Goodfellas. <laughs> I've never seen The Elephant Man. That's good. Is it good? I, I think mm-hmm. so, yeah. You think so? I think it is. It's oh. good. I can't say that it would be your favorite just knowing. <laughs> You. Yeah, he probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> Why do you judge me so hard on my I movie? <laughs> I just know. Well, first of all, if it's more than 90 minutes long, I'm done. You're dude. Out. After 90 minutes, I'm See? done. I mentally check out. That's why Ginger Dead Man was your perfect movie. Yeah. It was only an hour. I know. That was a fucking terrible movie, too. Anyway. <laughs> Have you guys seen right. that movie? No. no. Oh, oh my God. Save yourself some time and don't. <laughs> okay. Just listen to our episode. <laughs> <Good to know. laughs> oh, shoot. All right. Let's jump into Truth No Dare. Uh, so these are going to be rapid fire questions. How am I going to do this today, Seth? It's going to get interesting. I'll read to Jess. Jess will read to Felicia. Felicia will read to Tawny. Tawny will read to Seth. And Seth, you will read back to me in turn. Fine. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure? We're all no. We're all asking each other the same question. Um, it'll go, I'll read all of them to Jess and then she'll read all of them to you, but we're going to go rapid fire to straight oh. down. Yeah. Gotcha. I tend to not do this very rapid fire just so you guys know I'm a very long winded <laughs> answer. So that's cool. why. Okay. I, good to know. I was afraid. I was like, I have some questions. I want to yeah, clarify things. You okay. can do that. Yes. We, we're very open-minded here at the HMC. Unless your name is Mrs. What was that bitch's name? Mrs. Camaraderie. What was her name? <laughs> I don't know. She's a Carmody. Mrs. Mrs. Carmody. Carmody. We would not be open-minded to that lovely lady, but no. just saying. Okay, here we go. <gasps> Jess, yes. dawn or dusk? Dusk. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? 70s. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Can I ask why? I like the 70s. Okay, I fine. I just feel like that was like the time frame I was supposed to grow up in. Oh. Quaaludes, swingers, parties. That's kind yeah. of Jess's thing. <laughs> yep. I, I think we all know who the swinger party guy is. <laughs> okay okay uh invisibility or super strength invisibility hmm. do you believe in fate yes would you want to live forever no 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 not even like a follow-up question no like what if everybody else could live forever i mean maybe but that wasn't the question hmm. you didn't ask so you don't know if you don't ask <laughs> game of thrones Shit. or star wars star wars Make a high-pitched sound. Yee! <laughs> 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 oh, shit, dude. Is Jimmy Kimmel funny? Uh, hit or miss. Uh, your fantasy villain showdown. I just put IE, Freddy versus Jason. But any, you can pick anybody. Uh, Leatherface versus Ghostface. It's mm. oh, not even a fair fight. Why? <laughs> my poor Ghostface. Not, hey, I mean, be he's, dad. He's, oh, he's quick. God. That's true. He's quick. Okay, your turn. Yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm done. I'm upset. All right, Felicia. Dawn or dusk? Is this just like what I prefer? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dusk. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? I would want to go back and see like this whole real story about Jesus and what was real and what wasn't. Invisibility. 
possibility. So Jesus time? I Jesus, Jesus time. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Like, before. BC, right? So she was. Must... Yeah. Zero BC. Yeah, I, don't, I guess it'd be I don't zero. I, I don't know. <laughs> Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Do you believe in fate? Yes. Would you want to live forever? If everybody else did too. If not, no. Game of Thrones or Star Wars? Star Wars. Make a high-pitched sound. Wow. Yours was better. That was good. <laughs> Is Jimmy Kimmel funny? I'm not sure. I don't really watch him. Your fantasy villain showdown. Okay, what I wrote, so I'm just going to tell you, Michael and Billy, uh, Michael Myers and Billy from Black Christmas, it would probably be the most quiet, like, long, <laughs> long <laughs> showdown, but that's what I pick. There'd be no grunts. There'd be no, well, unless you pick Michael from Rob Zombie's Halloween. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love him. Me too. He's a big old boy. <laughs> big, big fella. Boy. Just how big a boy yeah. is you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. All right, Felicia, you'll read to Tawny. Okay, Tawny, dawn or dusk? Dawn. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go? I was going to say none, but you actually just inspired me with the, what you said, Felicia. So I'm going to say ancient Egypt times because Ooh. it would just be interesting. Oh, yeah. Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Do you believe in fate? Yes. Would you want to live forever? Yes, as long as I could choose to die when I wanted to. And mm. I'm, I'm assuming that in this scenario, our bodies are cool. Yeah, that was my question. Like, are you just like some oh. old, like decrepit, like person or? Yeah, if so, then like no way. 25 the whole time. No, you're like Edward Cullen. Hmm. <laughs> well, you wouldn't be. You'd be like, um, <laughs> no. Don't answer that. Okay. Continue. <laughs> okay. Uh, Game of Thrones or Star Wars? Game of Thrones for sure. Yes. Make a high pitched sound. Yes. Is Jimmy Kimmel funny? I don't know either because I don't watch him. <laughs> Your fantasy villain showdown. I'll be honest. I'm just going with the first two that popped into my head Chucky and the Cenobites. Ooh, that'd be because good. Because what the fuck? What would happen there? We don't know. That would be crazy. Isn't that like five against one though? Is there five of them? Four. Five. Yeah, but somehow I feel like Chucky could like take them. He yes. Just, it keeps going. <laughs> it's a very different matchup. Very serious versus not so serious. I'm surprised you guys didn't pick Child's Play for this. Aren't you a humongous Chucky fan? I am. We haven't talked about it really actually. Hmm. Oh, you haven't done that movie yet? Mm -hmm. uh -uh. Oh, we haven't either. Oh. Interesting. Intriguing. Mm. <laughs> All right, I gotta ask. Do you think in ancient Egypt they had um, pyramid parties, or if you just get down, like hang out, drink a bottle? What did they even drink then? I assume oh, they had probably. something. Yeah. Wine. Dude, we yeah. should have a pyramid party here. Like we dress up like we're from Cairo. Isn't that but what a toga party is? <laughs> Kinda. Pretty much. Uh, I don't know. I was thinking we could like not like specify an era though, right? So like I could dress like a gentleman in Cairo would dress today, but maybe you <laughs> would come as like a um, like a um uh, um uh, um snake charmer. What uh, what are you doing? <laughs> a flautist? <laughs> what are you trying to do? <laughs> no. Um, like Nefertiti, Cleopatra. Uh, no, I was trying to be mean. Um, <laughs> you'd be a beautiful Cleopatra. You know how, like, okay. when your body uh, 
falls apart. What's that called? Mummy. Oh, a mummy? You could be a deteriorated mummy. Oh, fun. Oh, boy. Yeah. See? That sounds fun. Why couldn't I think of that? I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. I'm not even drunk. Okay, uh, Tawny, you will <laughs> read to Seth. Okay, Seth. Dawn or dusk? Uh, dusk. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go to? Mm, probably the 1900s. <laughs> Invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Do you believe in fate? Yes. Would you want to live forever? Mm, only if, like we said, everyone else lived forever and we were, like, in good shape. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be Game 95 and live forever. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones or Star Wars? Star Wars. Make a high-pitched sound. <laughs> oh, that's good. You're winning so far. <laughs> Holy sure. crap. Uh, is Jimmy Kimmel funny? I want to say at times. I don't really watch him, but some of the stuff I've seen is funny, so I guess at times. All right. And your fantasy villain showdown? Probably Michael versus Jason. I would like to see. Hmm. Intriguing. Oh, I got to read to you. You don't, you don't have to, but you could. <sighs> Are you ready? Born ready. I get to go last, so yeah, of course. Dawn or dusk? Dusk. If you could travel back in time, what period would you go? The 90s. 1990s? Just in the 90s. <laughs> I really want to see Nirvana live. Oh, okay. So as long as I could go back oh, and see good. Nirvana live, I would be happy. Yeah, the 90s was a good With time. With Dave Grohl on drums. I don't want to see that first shitty drummer they had, like in 91. <laughs> when did, was Dave Grohl 92? I think so. Yeah, so yeah. So you want to go back to 92? Would you quit? <laughs> <laughs> Invisibility or super strength? That's tough for me because I feel like I can be really perverted being invisible, which I know why you picked it. Or I can be yeah. really strong <laughs> like the Hulk. If I was really strong, would I look like John Cena or would I just be like myself and then really strong? Yourself. Okay. So I'd go with invisibility. <laughs> you could protect your kids. Yeah. Mm, I could do that either way though, right? Being invisible? Yeah. Oh, maybe, yeah. Yay. I could follow them to school and any of them fucking bullies that would pick on them, I'd just like fuck them <laughs> up, right? I feel like you could huh? take on more if you were invisible. Plus, when the yeah. little perverted high school boys come over and they try to sneak up to the room, I could be hiding in there and he'll be like, you know, trying to do some <laughs> that shit. Could be good like, and bad. Wah! I'm not going to watch. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, you would see like the beginning of that scenario. We're taking a dark turn here. <laughs> <laughs> Super strength. Okay. Uh, do you believe in fate? Yes. Do you want to live forever? Yes. Game of Thrones or Star Wars? Game of Thrones. Make fuck, a high, fuck Star Wars. Make a high-pitched sound. <laughs> oh, my God. Did it get you? Yeah. <laughs> Is Jimmy Kimmel funny? No. Uh, your fantasy villain showdown. Um, I would like to see... I didn't really prepare for this. Fine. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> um... I would like to see Baby Firefly and Jackie as Ghostface from Scream 2. It's very specific. Wow. Very specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it'd be some crazy shit. Because you know how crazy she is at the end of that movie? Jackie? With Jackie? the eyes. The eyes. I don't <laughs> know Mrs. Loomis? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, oh, that's Jackie. who I'd go with. Roseanne Jackie. Okay. Who the fuck else would I be talking about? I don't about? know. You've, I've lost Name you two minute. other Jackies. I can't, other than this girl at work named Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> Why, are you, Jackie? Why are you laughing? 
I don't know. Is she goofy? Kind of. Does she listen? No. Oh. Not yet, till I find her ass on Facebook. Oh, my God. Oh God. I'm going to send her a link. <laughs> oh, there's a gift from Zoom. Oh, no. What's this? Running I got out that, of too. Oh. At first, I was nervous, but it sounded good. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, thanks. Fuck you, Zoom. Um, <laughs> Don't make Zoom mad. Right. Hang up we on still us. have a lot to cover. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry. All right. Well, hey, that's rapid fire truth. No, Derek, again, it's not always very rapid fire ask, but um, what are you going to do? Let's jump into the Do You Like Scary Movies discussion. Our movie this episode is The Mist. It was picked by our guest, Two Chicks in a Horror Flick. Um, I don't know if you guys got together and talked about it and then picked the movie, or if maybe one of you picked the movie, but why did you pick this movie? I'm going to let yeah. you, Tony. Yeah, we had a whole list of movies that we could have gone with for different reasons, but ultimately we felt like this was a good discussion because we know, Josh, that you are super into Stephen King and so is Felicia. Like Felicia has read a lot of Stephen King. I have not, but I also love this movie. And so we haven't really talked about the movie even really, like we we just talked really briefly before we got on here with you guys about how we feel about it. So we haven't even talked about it to each other. So this will be interesting, but that was kind of the, and it's just a meaty movie. There's like a lot to talk about with the movie. So that was kind of one of the other just things I tried to think about. Beautiful. Ooh, meaty movie. Meaty. No, oh God, Seth, calm down. It was pretty meaty. <laughs> getting excited over here. Look at him. Well, that was, that's way better than any answer we ever give on here. Yeah. We're going to have to edit that out. They're making us look bad. <laughs> yeah, we're usually like, yeah, we like it. So we picked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it for ours. You know. Have either of you ever seen this movie? Yes. Yeah, a long time it. ago. Do you remember your first time watching it? Mm, no. I just remembered scenes from it, and I forgot how much I hate the ending. Mm, yeah, you came in throwing a fucking fit. This guy walks in, he's <laughs> slamming shit. He was like, I forgot how much I hate the ending of this fucking movie. I, I do, like, I really hate it. And then I had to yell at him because Jess was here, and Jess gets mad at us if we talk about the movie before we start yep. recording, and she's like... Anyway, do you remember your first time watching this movie? Uh, I, I don't think. Well, d was this released in theaters? Mm -hmm. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was like a made-for-TV or not, but I, I don't think I saw it in theater. But um, no, I don't quite remember it. Mm. I I totally forgot about how it ended. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. Totally to forgot. That. Yeah. I was like, man. I was pissed. You were angry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> did you have a shirt on while you were watching it? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was fully dressed. Did you rip it off? No. Like, <laughs> and throw it? Hulk style. Fuck this no, movie! I just said, oh, I knew I hated the end of this for some reason. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. Uh, I saw it in theaters, and I remember absolutely hating this movie when it was over because of the ending, which, again, we'll get to. But um, I think it made me mad because I had already read the book, and then I went there thinking I knew what was going to happen, and that's not what happens in the book. And then I was like, fucking irate. I remember sitting there like, are you fucking kidding me? And like the credits are rolling and I'm like, this can't be the end of the movie. They're, it's going to come back and this and, and, and never happened. Never happened. Never happened. Um, Felicia, do you remember your first time watching this movie? So I know I saw it and I didn't remember anything about it really. I didn't remember the ending. I didn't remember anything except Mrs. Carmody. I do remember, I remembered what she looked like. I remember what she did. So I remembered her, but not, I really didn't remember everything else. And, and I think I, I physically, like my brain blocked that ending so that I didn't ever have to think about it again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happened because I don't remember it. Mm. I'm 
I'm like alone over here. I, like the only thing I remember from the first time I watched it is the ending. <laughs> so like, yeah. I just remember being shocked. I don't remember anything else. I just remember being blown away by the ending. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think I also was frustrated by it the first time I watched it, but. I love the ending, so we can wait oh. to talk about that. But dude, my heart is still racing with anger. The yeah. blood is pumping in my body from what I'm glad it wasn't just me. No. No, I did the same thing. Uh, I, I went around the house and I yeah. Dude, you came in here really mad. I wasn't really mad, but I just thought I hate the fucking end of this movie. <laughs> uh we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We will discuss it. Our characters, we've got uh, David Drayton, was Thomas Jane. Also, the Punisher. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite Punisher, but he did play the Punisher. Mrs. Carmody, Marcia uh, Gay Harden. This fucking bitch. Oh, hey, goodness, <laughs> dude. Gosh. Amanda Duffery, which is Laura Hold- uh, Lori Holden, sorry. Brent Norton was Andre Brower. And Dan Miller, played by Jeffrey Demon. Um... How about the little boy? He was great. Oh, yeah. I didn't write him. Billy. Billy. I've only got so much spots on these sheets, and that kid just didn't do it (laughs) for me. He left Jimmy out of here. I got got so much room, dude. Um, This was like a Game of Thrones, or a Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, like, pre-show. Well, also, I made a note. She said said Silent Hill Mm -hmm. is one of her favorite movies. I made a note that Lori Holden was also in Silent Hill. And this movie, like, has that feel a little bit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Similar themes for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, there was a lot of Walking Dead people in it. That's yeah. like, I was like, oh my god, I didn't, I don't remember all these Walking Dead people. That was like pre. Well, was it pre? Or mm-hmm. was it this was 2007. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it would have been before. All right. The director is Frank. I'm gonna screw this name up, but Frank Darabont. I don't know. I think yep. I did. Yeah, this. sounds right. Screenplay by Stephen King. Uh, Frank also did The Green Mile, The Majestic. Have you guys seen that movie? I love yeah, The Majestic. So Fucking great movie. I love that movie. The Walking Dead and Shawshank Redemption. So him and Stephen King must be boys. That's what I'm gathering. Wow. Yeah. Intriguing. Um, Felicia, do you want to do the synopsis since you picked the movie? Oh, sure. Me and Tawny both picked it, but here we go. Um, synopsis. A freak storm unleashes a species of bloodthirsty creatures on a small town where a small band of citizens hole up in a supermarket and fight for their lives. You did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> Well, since you both picked it, Tawny, do you want to read it too? <laughs> <laughs> but you have to read it in nah. Spanish. Gosh, no way. <laughs> uh, God damn it, I'm funny. All right. You ready? No. Oh. <laughs> that poor meat log. Show him the meat log. Let him see it. You guys ever seen the meat log? I've heard about the meat log. But I have not seen it. It's very squishy. We'll be eating it soon. I don't think, dude, we're not going to be able to eat this thing. I will say it's smaller than I imagined it being. <laughs> <laughs> From the, listening to the Seth episode. is used to hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to get me a bigger meat log next time. <laughs> I bet they have one that's like double that size. You bought it for me. I'm just slamming that thing on the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I got out of that was that the HMC has an inferior meat log. Yeah, our meat log's not very big. 
Where did that thing even come from? I feel like you guys said, but Rural I can't King. Rural King. Where else oh, would you yeah. buy one of those? That does know. beg the question, though, Tawny. What are yeah? What kind of meat logs are you used to? This is a normal <laughs> I mean, Ohio meat log. Listen, I'm just going off of your guys' reaction to the meat log when I was listening <laughs> mm-hmm. to the episode. So I just, in my head, I, I mean, I'm thinking at least twice that. I don't know, but <laughs> where do you live? Um, I'm in Idaho. You need to go to Idaho, bud. Apparently. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Got double the meat logs. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. Oh In time. <laughs> I got to work my way up to that. Holy cow. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> we have guests. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was told to behave myself. Sorry. I'm not good at that. All right. Scene one, opening scene, Easter egg paintings. The movie opens with our main character, David, painting and listening to blues music. We see other paintings that David's done, which include The Thing which is the movie cover for the movie. There's a boy with a red balloon. Does anybody know what that was? I took it to be like an it reference. That's what I thought as well. Okay. And then he's painting um, the gunslinger Roland, which I think was supposed to be like a hint that they were coming out with a gunslinger movie eventually back then. Wasn't there like dark towers behind that too? That Matthew, that awful Matthew McConaughey one came out, but it was, oh my God, talk about a dumpster fire. (laughs) Anyway, suddenly the power goes out and the thunder rolls. We see David and his wife, Steph, and their son, Billy, looking at the picture or out a picture window as you see the thunderstorm and kind of like the mist and stuff coming across the water toward their home. Um, then the, the mist comes across the screen right outside the picture window. We see the family walk downstairs with a flashlight and then a large tree branch grows through a window as David's painting studio gets knocked all to hell. <gasps> the poor guy was just working on it. Scene two, storm one, Drayton zero. Billy runs outside. Billy is the son. Again, you guys are correct. I forgot to list Billy. I'm sorry, but Billy is the little boy. We see the family's home and yard has been basically destroyed by the storm. David tells Steph that he'll hit the store before they run out of food. He throws uh, he throws his ruined painting into the bushes. He's very upset about this painting and complains that the movie studio won't give him an extension. So we find out that David is um, he's painting portraits of for like movie covers yeah which in 2007 would they really do that or would it be all photoshopped i would think it would be yeah because he makes a comment about them photoshopping it Mm. yeah like maybe it was transitioning to that where more people were doing it you know photoshop and stuff i believe that this is these are real paintings done by let me see i took a note um on his name drew stuzen drew struzen and he actually, I think, retired in 2008. So he really, I think, did paint them up until then. That's cool. Interesting. Huh. See, I thought all those movie covers were just you know, electronic Photoshop yeah. stuff. I'm sure they are now. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe people still paint them. Uh, they start to discuss the house. He says he'll fix it. And that that was his grandfather's tree that went through the front window. Billy runs up excited about all of the destruction. This kid's very excited. Hmm. Sorry, I had to burp. Steph asks David how he and Billy can always manage to make her laugh. They go down to the boathouse and see that the neighbor's tree had went through the boat. Uh, I don't know, was it like a boat dock? Boat? I called it a boathouse. Yeah, a boathouse yeah. where you store your boat. Completely destroyed it. Steph tells him to look at the mist coming off the mountain. David makes up a couple of excuses about the mist. He says, you know, um, it could, I forget what exactly what he says, but he goes to talk to the neighbor about getting his insurance information. So this is really the only conversation we get between Steph and David, right, in the whole movie? Yeah, pretty much. 
So I'll ask our two guests what, just from this very small, very um, short, brief conversation, did you get any insight into their relationship whatsoever? Can I answer? Because mm-hmm. I was really passionate about this particular thing. The first thing I want to say is if anybody is uh, has not read the book and has not seen the movie, do not read the book first. Because when as soon as the movie started, I was disappointed and I really had to work hard to get myself out of the book. The relationship was so rich and so beautiful in the book. He was madly in love with his wife. They had... They just, they, they spent this time, even if, even though it was just the night before and then the day of she, she was so much richer of a character. She was terrified and nervous and worried about her son. And in this, she was like, Alec, man, man." like I, she's a throwaway character in the movie. Like I totally didn't care. Oh, well, everything's ruined in the book. It was so much more. And that relationship permeated through the whole thing. He was so worried about his wife and that like, I'm getting cold chills talking about their relationship. And in the beginning of this movie, it was literally, I could give a shit. I didn't care at all. Yeah, so that's I how I feel either. about it. Yeah. <laughs> that I 100% agree with everything you just said. It almost, and later in the movie, it annoyed me. Again, the first time I watched it because of that, you know, in the book you get that relationship. And in this, it's kind of, I almost, and I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but I almost feel like he's kind of like flirting with Amanda in the, in the. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So there's like yeah. that whole weird aspect, even toward the end of it. I don't know. We'll get to that. But yeah, I agree. Thank you for the detail. Because yeah, I was thinking <laughs> like, later on that they didn't have a good relationship because of the whole Amanda right. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he was kind of short and shitty with her, I think, too, wasn't mm-hmm. he? A little bit. Okay. God, he was such a good, loving husband. Okay, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> the, book, no. the book was much better. Go ahead. <laughs> what do you got? Tell us. <laughs> that was it. He was just such a loving, caring, almost like this knight in shining armor type of guy. He just loved his wife. He loved his son. They were everything to him, and it was just really well developed in the book. That's all. And you get zero of that in the movie. Yes. Okay. See, I think he likes his kid, but you know. Eh, maybe. I'm not sold on that either, <laughs> honestly, but we'll get to that. Scene three, Mr. Norton goes full Samuel L. Jackson and gets a ride to town. As David walks up to the neighbor, he's using a mirage of curse words. Motherfucker. He can't get his chainsaw started. David suggests that they exchange insurance information. They discuss Mr. Norton's ruined car, and he asks David uh, for a ride to town. These two clearly don't like each other. Another missed opportunity, I think, is that there's no character building between the two of them, which you kind of see a little bit of that later at the store, but really you don't get the full backstory, which annoyed me. Well, other than Steph saying that he'll sue them again, or sue me, or something like that. Yeah, what's he going to do? Sue me, yeah. I think is what he yeah. says. Um, but real quick, that car that got destroyed, that was actually a rental car, and it was already um, damaged, so they let them use it for the movie at a very low cost because they were going to uh, get it fixed anyway. And the, evidently that message never got back to the crew and they just like destroyed this fucking car oh, and then yeah. they end up having to pay for it. So their, yeah. uh, their costs skyrocketed because they beat the piss out of this Mercedes. But I thought that was funny. That's um, interesting. They drive, so they're driving to town in the car. Uh, Brent Norton, that's the neighbor. He's flipping through the channels. We find out none of the radio stations are coming through. We see the military drive by in the opposite direction. Um, Brent asks David if he knows what's going on since he used to be in the military and he was local. He tells him that uh, all he did was missile defense research and he really wasn't sure. They joke about the woman at the laundromat spreading rumors about the, uh, the base having aliens and flying saucers. When they arrive at the store, Billy goes in with Brent and David tries to call uh, Steph from a payphone, which is not working. I think this entire 
part of that scene was just to let us know that, hey, all the power lines are down, all the phone lines mm-hmm. are down, etc. But what I want to touch base on is a couple things. One is this kind of hit home for me because we live near Dayton, Ohio, which we have uh, right pat. So there's always all those rumors that we have UFOs and all this Mm -hmm. shit here. I got a very similar vibe about this small town that they have this military base up in the mountains. And these people already had these thoughts in their heads that, hey, something supernatural is already going on in this town. Did you guys get that feeling? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm Okay. Okay. Yeah. The other thing is, if these two guys don't get along and they're not friends, would you just let your kid go into the store with him like that? I made a note of that. Hit us with it. I, I just, I said the same thing. I was like, why is he just letting him go off with this yeah. practical, like, stranger? It was kind of odd, but, because they're clearly not friends, but. He's like, hold hands to cross yeah. the street. I'm like, I would never just, like, dump my kid off on my neighbor that I dislike to walk him into the store and, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have to say in the book <laughs> they do uh th- they do do that scene but they do a lot better job of um building that relationship between norton um and uh i'm totally just forgetting his name david and like they're starting they they spend more time together in the house drinking beer and they're they're kind of uh, okay. mending a little bit so he almost gets touched a little bit by seeing miss mr norton take his hand but he's still not totally sold so anyways yeah, but in the movie, you're right. It was like, okay. Yeah. Here, take so. my kid. Go in the store. <laughs> right? Well, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the book, they were friends before the whole suing thing or the whole incident occurred, right? So they were already friends before that one incident? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And also, Mr. Norton, they also he also felt a little more for him because recently his wife had died. That's right. And so he was just emotionally going through a lot of stuff, even though he was kind of like that hoity-toity lawyer guy, but yeah. Okay, beautiful. Hmm. Scene four, old jammed up Sally. Inside the store, David tells Sally that they're jammed up. She tells him that half of the store didn't show up to work and the power's out. The store is packed full of people trying to buy all the everything in the freaking store, which I thought was funny because later all of the, the shelves are stocked full of I shit. Know. So <laughs> I don't know, but during this whole COVID thing, you went to the store and there was hardly anything on the shelf. Yeah. And it's like you'd think that that would be the case but nonetheless i'm probably nitpicking at this point Mm -hmm. she tells him that half of the store didn't show up and again the power's out so um i don't know i kind of also gathered that like the people at that point weren't taking this very seriously so i wonder if this town is used to this type of stuff where like the power goes out or like kind of how i imagine like hurricane towns are where they're just used to it like they get hurricanes well, every year. I mean, year, if we so. have a big thunderstorm and the power goes out, I don't run to the store and buy food. Right. I mean, you just assume, okay, it'll be yeah. off for a little bit. It'll come back on. Right. You're going to be excited for this next part. Mrs. Carmody uh. enters, <laughs> enters as a store worker, tells him, good morning. She replies in a rude manner with lines like these. I don't know how it's good, but we'll make do. I said, I can already tell she's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same thing. I said she's a bitch can tell already yeah. <laughs> uh, David finds Brent and Billy in an aisle looking for groceries Brent walks off to get his own stuff and thanks Dave for helping him out Billy asks if they'll be friends now and he <laughs> he says they're not mad at each other anymore I guess we cut to Billy and David in line waiting to pay as their three military men walk in and they say the bus leaves in 30 minutes Seth that's disgusting you need to uh, that was up. not me <laughs> Anyway, we also see the newspaper saying that there was that huge electrical storm. Mm -hmm. It's important. Thank you. 
As Billy's talking to an older lady about the damage, uh, David and Brent notice another military vehicle pull up. The lady complains about the government wasting all of our money on wars and building bombs. Just then a fire truck drives by and Billy asks David if mommy is all right. It's about time somebody cares about the mom. I mean, goodness. (laughs) The three military officers are talking uh, to a fourth guy that just got there. He just entered. He tells them to meet him at his Jeep in five minutes. All leave has been suspended. So I kind of got the vibe that these three guys were trying to get the fuck out of Dodge. Yeah. Yeah, because when they first come in, the guy's like, the bus leaves in 10 minutes. Hurry up. Get the stuff. Yeah. Get the snacks. Make out with your cashier girlfriend and let's go. (laughs) Yeah. And then one of them doesn't he say, man, 30 more minutes and we would have been out of here. Yeah. Yeah. One of them says that. Yeah. So I, in my opinion, at that point, I was surprised because David hears all this and he doesn't think to question those guys till later, which I thought was crazy. But okay, just then the siren starts going off outside. A man runs through the parking lot with a bloody nose and he's screaming. There's something in the mist. It took John Lee. They closed the store doors as the people watch from inside. Was that supposed to be like tornado sirens or military base sirens? Could be either. I'm assuming it's military base okay. sirens. Probably. I've never mm. been on a military base, though, so I don't know. It sounded like tornado <laughs> sirens, but everybody was so like, <gasps> so I didn't know if it was a different. It mm. immediately made me think of Silent Hill. Yeah. Yep. That's what I yeah. <laughs> um, a man says, screw this. I'm going to my car and runs through the doors. Bad, bad move. He makes it to his car just as the mist covers the car and we can hear him screaming. Inside, a man says it's a pollution cloud from the mills. It has to be. Mrs. Carmody says, oh, it's death. Just as the store starts shaking as if there's an earthquake. Um, it's the end of days. Yeah, she's a real, she's a real peach. That one. Uh, so the shaking stops. People are coughing and looking very confused. There's a store manager. He tells everyone to stay put. Um, a woman tells them she can't stay. Her kids are out there. She's sorry. She can't just stay there. She has to get home to her kids. This character is played by Melissa McBride from The Walking Dead. Which she, I felt mm-hmm. like she played the same character. I was like in typical Carol fashion. She doesn't like listen to any of the rules. Like, no, she was annoying. What? I thought she was annoying. Why? I don't know. She just was. I did too. <laughs> not a likable well, character. Oh, she's dude, my favorite character in the whole movie. No, she's not. Yes. No. Wait, I don't know about Walking Dead, but in this movie, the only reason is I get why she felt she needed to go home. Totally get that. Um, but how she's like making everyone feel bad that no one's going with her. Of course they're not. Of course they're not. Why would you go into the mist? Like if you want to go, go. I get it. But yeah. I thought that was kind of bullshit. Don't. You know, like, what are they going to do? Walk you home? What is yeah. one other person going to do to help you walk home? I right. don't know. I hope you all rot in hell. <laughs> well, we're about to find out. We're about to find out, Seth. The people try to talk her out of leaving, but she ins- is insistent that she has to leave. She starts to cry and tells them that her daughter is only eight years old. She has to go. She asks if anyone's going to help her. Won't anyone see a lady home? I thought I had the complete opposite reaction of you guys in this scene. I thought this heart, this scene too. was heartbreaking. She's like, I looking cried. At, you cried. I cried. Yeah. I didn't cry, or oh. did I? <laughs> wow. He's like, he's like, he just wiped it here just then. He was like thinking about it. I envisioned Carol. I'm like, no, Carol, don't do it. I must be heartless because I'm like, okay, you can leave now. Like the whole time, <laughs> the whole go. time, I'm waiting on Daryl to show up on his motorcycle and save her. <laughs> No, well, yeah. you go. I didn't cry. So you go. You tell us why why it was heartbreaking for you. I feel like you're going to show me up. I don't. Well, I just feel like she did a fantastic job of that scene. And I'm I, like, I'm going to paraphrase a trivia thing here, but it sounds like I don't know if this is one of her first roles or something, but it seems like they kind of, you know, picked her based on some tapes. And after her performance, when they said cut, 
people actually applauded her for this scene because she did so well. And I think she did a really fantastic job. So watching her cry and get, I agree, Felicia. I think I get like, that is, it, it's maybe not everybody else's, you know, responsibility to see her home. So that part I totally get, but I think she just really killed this scene. I think she did a great job yeah. and she was so worried for her kids and I totally get to, she can't stay there. She has to go. And so I just, I yeah. think it's really powerful. And she's like looking people in the eyes. Yeah. Are you going to do it? Are you going to take me home? Like, and uh, like one by one, people are turning their backs on her. And I just thought it was really powerful. I felt, I do agree with you that she did a good job. I just didn't like that. No, no one's going to go with you. Of course they're not. And why, you know, it's crazy. You would expect them to, but yeah, I agree with that. I just like that she's like looking around the store. Nobody will look at her. Yeah. She like yeah. looks them like she's looking at them in the eyes and Brent, who's this hard ass lawyer guy. He looks right down the floor, doesn't say anything. She asks David, who's supposed to be our heroine main character. And he also looks down the floor, but he says, ma'am, I have my own child to worry about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. And I have a, a note here. Like what would I do in that situation? I don't know, but I would, hope i would help her i don't maybe i maybe I really i don't what know what about your own children that's your responsibility your babies are looking at you to protect them not to protect this lady to protect them that's true <laughs> that's very true i don't know i just feel like in that moment of out of all those people not one of them were willing to help her in that situation so you I, know what i felt i just want to say one thing i felt really bad for men because that's who she was asking. Like, th this is terrifying what's in the mist. And every man you could tell felt really guilty and bad because it's like an expectation that one of them risks their life to get her home. And, and that's just not fair. That's true. I don't disagree with that at all. And maybe that's why I feel so bad. I feel like maybe it would be my place to try to help her. And I don't know that I would have. I, but again, I would hope that I would want to, but I don't know. If, but I, if I would have had my kid there in that situation, I would not have been leaving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would have been staying there with my kid. Right. Like comforting them. That would but, be my only Yeah. Goal. But like, why did she leave her kids home alone right after this disaster <laughs> right, just happened? Yeah. I mean, they were old enough to be home alone normally, but like this shit's True. going on. You're going to leave them at home. You yes. know, my husband said, because he watched it with me, uh, that's on you. Bad journey <laughs> choice. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's fair. That's fair. I, I don't know. I just found that 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 scene was very well shot. And, very, and it shows her looking around at everybody and nobody will look at her. It, it You can just tell that even though the people didn't help her, they felt bad for her, right? Well, yeah. And tried mm -hmm. to talk her out of leaving, but at the same time, I feel like if I were her in that situation, and maybe that's why I felt bad, because I put myself in that situation. If my kids were at home, I wouldn't have stayed there. Yeah. Yeah. No. I wouldn't have either. Yeah, I agree. All right. It's a lot of fear, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think what I react to is the fear in her. She's so scared. She needs to go home. But then everybody else is also scared because they don't want to risk their life, and nobody knows what's happening. It's very early in this whole thing. So, right. I mean, yeah, it's just you've got people being terrified both ways. Mm-hmm. Um, as she exits the store, we see her walk into the mist and out of sight, not like with the guy in the car where he starts screaming. So um, 
yeah, that and again, I think that's a great scene. But scene five, everybody moved to the back of the store. Back inside, David carries Billy to the back of the store, away from everyone, as the store manager tells them that the medical medical supplies are in. I think he says aisle three. I don't mm-hmm. know. Not really relevant. Billy cries that uh, he wants his mommy. We fast forward to Billy, David, Sally, and the older woman. I think her name's Irene. She's my favorite in this whole movie. You love Irene. She's such a badass in this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Amanda, they're sitting in an aisle as Billy sleeps on David. Um, Irene introduces Amanda, who is new in town. She's a school teacher. David says that Billy is hot, so Amanda goes to get him aspirin. And I think one of the workers goes to the dock to get him like a blanket or a furniture pad or something mm-hmm. to cover up. Furniture with. pad. Um, Billy lies down with one of the older ladies, and David walks to the back. Oh, boy. As he's walking, he hears uh, Brent and some of the other men talking about their plan of attack once the mist lets up. Once David gets in the back, he's like coughing and he notices that the generator is letting off a bunch of smoke and he turns it off. And then when he turns it off, obviously the lights die. As he turns around, he hits his head, which I thought was fucking hilarious. And then Um, he trips and falls on the floor. Like, yeah. (laughs) What is this guy doing? Back inside. He does that in the book, though, too, because it's so pitch black. It's scary. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they definitely. So all there is is sound because it's so black back there. Okay, they just made him look like a klutz in the movie. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is our guy. This is the guy yeah. we're expecting to save us. <laughs> he can't walk out of a cage. All right. Uh, back inside, we see Mrs. Carmody walk up to a group that are discussing the plan of attack and tells them that this is all due to their sin and disillusion. Meanwhile, David hears a large loading door cracking and creaking, and it starts to bend when he looks at it. And he takes off running and walks into three men inside the store. Uh, They were going to check on the generator. He tells them that the generator's backing up and he had to turn it off, but he did hear a noise. Um, They grab flashlights and go to the back room. These guys are being like real dicks. Yeah, they're Um, very skeptical. Well, I mean, I don't know if... Wouldn't you be, though, in that situation? Like, okay... You're Not freak, if I just freak. like what happened to the dude that ran out in the mist right. and yes. the bloody guy that came in. I probably wouldn't be that skeptical. Really? Especially no. after the okay. guy. Yeah. You clearly saw him scream and be like, like swooped up. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you didn't see that, then you might be skeptical. Because the one guy, he had a bloody nose, but maybe he was nuts. Maybe he ran into something. But the other guy that went to his car. Yeah. But then again, there was the lady that walked into the mist and she didn't get swooped up. I don't know. I just feel like there wasn't a, an unnatural uh, reaction for them to be like, okay. what? And I think you also have to keep in mind if you find out a little bit, they don't like this guy. They don't right. like David. The right. townspeople right. don't like David. Because he's like a Hollywood Yes, guy. which we find out in a moment. So um, anyway, they grab their flashlights. They go back to check out the generator because they don't think David's capable, I guess. Poor David. Um, they determine that something's blocking the exhaust vent. One of the stock boys volunteers to go out and unclog the vent. And um, if they can open the door just a little bit, he'll go under it and go unclog the vent. They begin to argue over who will go out and unclog it because David's getting upset. He's telling this is just a kid. You shouldn't send him out to do it. Um, did you notice the kid was the Shermanator? I was getting ready to say that. I was like, did you guys recognize this kid? Yes. Yes. I believe his name is Norm in this. Well, from then on, I could not take the guy seriously at all. Yeah, I just kept calling him the Sherm. The Sherm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Well, he doesn't last long anyway. Doesn't, in that movie, doesn't he eat something with pubic hair on it? Pizza. Pizza with pubes. Yes, yeah. Poor Norm. That. Mm-hmm. That's all I could think of the whole time. I'm like, this is the guy you're sending out into the mist to save you. The Shermanator. <laughs> the Shermanator. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> what do you think about the pubes on the pizza? <laughs> A little bit. If we're getting pizza later. I'm not going to like check my pizza. Oh, man. Um, 
Yeah, so nobody at this point believes David whatsoever, right? And it's it's honestly, again, I understand both sides of it, but um, so the mechanic, his name's Jim. He tells him that he knows he's a big shot artist with connections in New York. It doesn't matter to him if anybody gets hurt or I don't I don't fuck I wrote. It doesn't matter. It doesn't make him any better than anyone else. Sorry. So again, these people don't like David. Which uh, Felicia, is that the case in the book as well? Um, in the book, though, not particularly the whole town, but those guys, yeah, they, they throw that at them, him that, oh, you're fancy and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in that, just to what you were saying, they also, it's explained, I think there's a, like a line in this scene that, is it, is it, who is the short man with the glasses? What was his Ollie. name? Ollie. Ollie, yes. Um, he says one line in the movie about it. And in the book, they explain it really well. Like, what is wrong with these guys? And it's, this is all, they feel like they don't have control of anything. And so this one thing about unblocking the, you know, the pipe or whatever is something they feel like they can control. So it makes them feel like they have something to do and something to control. So and in the movie, I feel like it, that isn't as developed enough. There's like this, why are you going out there for this stupid thing? But in, in the book, it's, it's really, everybody's trying, like the one guy in the, the market, the guy who is the manager of the store, he's so obsessed with people stealing and eating and things like that, because that's what he feels like he can control in this super uncontrollable situation. Gotcha. That makes sense. And Ollie does, he does say that he says, there's nothing up front they can control. And there's a problem back here and they're damn sure going to solve it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we're talking about these two scenes, though, like back to back is like, why is this kid going to be like, why is he going to, you know, be a martyr for this? But he wasn't going to be the hero when that lady needed right. to be walked home. Right. Yeah. Mm, good point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't. I, it almost made me feel like he was trying to impress these two guys. He was like, oh, hey, if you get the door open, I'll go out and unclog this vent. No problem. Um, but it was like it was the the audience he had at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. I think so. And yeah. I think it's also easier to not, if nobody else is going to help this lady, it makes it that much easier for everybody else to be like, yeah, I'm not going to do it either. True, that like bystander effect or... Yeah. The lady is probably a lot farther too. Hmm. Yeah, true. Okay, so... I they, don't know. <laughs> they start the generator so Norm can get under the door. As the door opens, we see um, the mist and it's like, start. it's right there. At, it doesn't come in underneath yeah, the door. Yeah, I was going to say, you notice it never comes in. Yeah. It stops right at the door um, and it almost looks like smoke. It doesn't even look yeah. like mist mm -hmm. at this point. Um, they all lean down and look at it, looking underneath the door. The two mechanics and Norm joke about it being scary and when suddenly this fucking octopus tentacle comes underneath the door and grabs Norm's leg, um, David is the only one that runs up to try to help him and pull him back as more tentacles appear underneath the door. I mean, is that what you guys thought these were, were octopus tentacles? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, like with centipede-ish, you know, like <laughs> yeah. definitely tentacles, octopus, but... Like so much more with all those claw things, mm -hmm. and yeah. the, whatever you know, those were, suction cup Mouth. mouths. Yeah, yeah, there was like teeth involved, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sh yeah, octopus. I also <laughs> found it very interesting that of all these people back here and these two mechanics that were talking all this shit, no, or David is the only one that runs up and helps them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these tentacles are pulling pieces off a of norm. There's like spikes on them, like you guys just said. It's oh, just the like, part where it gets his chest. Oh, this is ripping it just, like, flesh. Rips that piece. Ugh. It gave me a real like. It made me think of Dreamcatcher, a little bit with that scene, like that monster. 
I don't remember Dreamcatcher, to be honest. Oh, really? We've mm-hmm. talked about where those things come out the butt. Yeah. I know the movie. I don't remember <laughs> that. <laughs> of course, that's the one part you remember. Yeah. <laughs> have either of you seen Dreamcatcher? I have, but I don't remember anything about it either. Yeah. I haven't. It's also Stephen King. So it, isn't Timothy Oliphant in it? Yeah. Ooh, we should watch it. It's good. I don't think it's. I think I remember cool. it being scary. Yeah, it's it's creepy. Yeah, it for is sure. very creepy. So there's a larger tentacle that comes through and starts eating like a bag of dog food. It breaks it open. Mm-hmm. We see under the door that Norm is is pulled out into the mist. Um, they do get the generator started to shut the door, and there's like one tentacle stuck underneath it. And David runs up and hits it with an axe. They only almost cut off Norm's head with the axe. Yes, yeah. I was like, "Gee, yeah. <laughs> that's what I was waiting for." I'm like, "Ugh." <laughs> did you think he was gonna cut his head yeah, off? Yeah, he looked did very you? unsteady with the axe, <laughs> and then yeah, I, I did too. Whew. Yeah, he's no Ryan Reynolds in Amityville. Uh-uh. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay, so once the door shuts, Jim apologizes to David and says, um, you know, "How are we supposed to know?" And so I, again, I think knowing all of this is why I brought that up earlier is I could see why they were skeptical. And he kind of talks about it here. He's mm-hmm. like, how were we supposed to know that there were octopus tentacles in this mist? Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David doesn't care. Punches him in the face a couple times, starts yelling at him uh, that Jim got the kid killed. Jim continues to apologize and then says that uh, they've got to get out of here. David tells him that he, he was just a kid. He was supposed to be stupid. What's your excuse? So David's like pissed at these guys cause mm. they didn't believe him. Um, I guess rightfully so really when you think about it, but um, he tells them we need to go back into the market, stay by the door, and don't say anything to anyone yet, um, and they need to kill the generator. So David and the store clerk discuss how to tell the people, uh, how are we going to convince them? Well, they didn't do a very good job, to the two mechanics. So, But then if it were you, I mean, how would you convince these freaking people that there's this mist, okay, but there's creatures in the mist? Like, how would you go about explaining that to people? I mean, it'd be tough, but at least he has evidence now. Right. Yeah, I would have taken everybody back there in mm-hmm. a single file yeah. line. Come on through, everybody. Look at this tentacle. Mm-hmm. I'm just, mm-hmm. I was like, why isn't anybody doing that? There's only a handful of people that go back and look at it, but then you mm-hmm. have to trust those people that they're telling the truth too. I just, I was like, why not just show everyone? I don't know. Right. That's what I thought. Why not bag up that tentacle and bring it out there? Because I feel like it would have made the next scene completely irrelevant with the Brent and David arguing. But then I guess that that's, was mm-hmm. kind of their way to build some character building so um so scene six amanda looks concerned back inside the store amanda asks david what happened and as he's undressing his clothes are all bloody from um what had what had just happened uh, but he doesn't want billy to see the blood the mechanics and ollie the store clerk are drinking beers by the cooler i don't blame him i don't know why it took him so long to go get beer to be honest with you that would have been my first my first stop but ollie tells them that uh they have to stop that thing from getting in here the entire storefront's made out of glass David goes and gets Brent and is trying to explain to him what they saw. Again, if he had a tentacle, it would have made it a lot easier, but he, for whatever reason, didn't bring it. Brent looks at them and as like as they're telling him about the tentacles, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm just not that stupid. Brent immediately gets upset and tells him that he's, again, that he's not that stupid. Um, so it's really getting to him, right? Like he's getting upset with the, mm-hmm. with the two mechanics and David. And uh, he even throws it in David's face, like I'll, I'll file another law, I'll file another lawsuit against you, like the one I did last year. And um, there, he feel I don't know. I, I thought that was weird because uh, clearly the two mechanics don't like David. So why would Brent think these two mechanics and Ollie were in on this joke that they were trying to pull right. on Brent? Maybe he wasn't super aware that they disliked him. I don't know. 
It could have yeah, because I don't think the whole town dislikes um, David, okay. but it, this guy is this hoity-toity city lawyer that comes out. It's all wealthy. And I think he feels genuinely like a lot of people don't like him. A, because he's from the city and he's a lawyer. And oh, that's what I thought. There's a lot of like um, small town conservative, you know, versus big city stuff in here for sure mm -hmm. for sure um yeah i guess i just found it weird that he immediately thought they were all ganging up on him to try to to play a, a trick on him or whatever he even calls the two mechanics dumb hicks yeah mm -hmm. yeah i did think that was kind of i did think that was ridiculous yeah everybody right now in the middle of all of this chaos that's going on they're gonna play a joke on you right i wondered if it was more he was terrified it might be true, and he was just refusing, refusing with all of his might that this could be true and was making that's, up stuff. That's what I was going to say is it, it feels like a defense mechanism, almost mm -hmm. like a coping thing, because mm -hmm. it does it. Why would anybody do this in the moment? Yeah, because I, if I was like, Tani, shut up. No, there's <laughs> not. You're trying to trick me. I would go back eventually. Like, and if she was like, ha ha, I tricked you. OK, whatever. Like, you're weird. <laughs> There's like a bigger <laughs> fish to fry right now, Tawny. <laughs> yeah, I guess along those lines, I just found it very, um, very odd. That's how he reacted to this whole thing is that he thought they were trying to play, like, trying to make him look stupid. Well, and then the one guy that works at the store, like said something about denials. Uh, he says something about denial and how it's, it can be tricky hmm. or something. Why didn't I and write I was that like, down? Was that Ollie? Clearly that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, clearly and didn't this they say guy is in denial. Yeah, didn't they say something that he sued the grocery store at one point for something? Oh, did he? I thought I heard them say that, but the grocery store won, and so maybe he just hates all these people. Oh, I don't know. maybe it was Oh, I didn't remember that. He just feels entitled to just sue whoever he wants because he's a lawyer. Well, he gets real pissed and tells David he's glad the tree smashed his boat, smashed it real good. Mm -hmm. uh, he tries to walk uh. away. David grabs him, trying to talk some sense into him, but Brent freaks the fuck out and starts like screaming yeah, he... that he's suing him again, and this time he'll go to jail. So I, I don't know. Pretty crazy. But the store manager walks up and tries to take control of the situation as Ollie tells him to shut the fuck up and listen <laughs> to what David funny. has to say. I was like, damn, you go, Ollie. <laughs> David tells him that there are things in the mist. Five of them went back to the loading dock. He tells them that Norm, uh, something came out and took him. It killed him, dragged him off. All they saw were tentacles. Again, Brent starts laughing and tells everyone that it's a lie and that the market manager, uh, the mar the supermarket manager does side with Brent over um, David. Cause I think, doesn't he say he's, uh, he's going to start writing down names starting with David? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we cut to David, the store manager. The, uh, there's a biker and then Ollie. They go to the back. So at least the store manager's open to going to look. But uh, the biker pokes the... I'm assuming he's a biker. He was dressed like a biker. I don't want to offend any bikers out there. I'm, <laughs> he looked like a biker. Anyway, he <laughs> he pokes the thing with a broom and like steam starts coming out of it and it turns into liquid. Um, the store manager comes back out and says, it appears we may have a problem <laughs> of some magnitude here. <laughs> So again, I think that whole scene could have been avoided had he just bagged up the frickin' tentacle and took it out to the to the people, but I don't know. That's probably how I would have handled it, but again, I guess maybe you don't want to grab that thing. I wouldn't. It like yeah. was moving around and shit. Oh Seth. You could wrap it up though in one of those blankets and in the book it doesn't disappear. So I don't know if, if they would have tried to carry it, it would have just turned into liquid, but Seems like you could have put one of those thick moving blankets and kind of wrapped it up or something. I don't know. Something to get these people to look, right? Yeah. 
All right. Scene seven. Dog food and bags of shit to the rescue. The scene opens with people stacking dog food bags in front of the glass storefront. Mrs. Carmody, Seth's favorite character, is having a conversation with God about saving some of the people. They can't all be saved. If she can save just a few, even one, then her life would have counted for something. Amanda walks into the bathroom and interrupts Mrs. Carmody's prayer session. Amanda tells her that it's okay to be scared, and if she needs a friend to talk to... Mrs. Carmody interrupts her and tells her, oh my God. <laughs> this part's really funny. <laughs> uh, so she tells her uh, that, <laughs> uh, that if she needs a friend like her, she'll take a good squat and shit one out. <laughs> Very Christian of her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, dude. I, was, I had to pause it. I was laughing so hard. I was like, holy cow, dude. Um <laughs> Anyway, I was so, like, "What do you mean? You, you are you saying that your kids are going to be shitheads? Uh, like, dude. your kids are going to be terrible people that you don't want to talk to?" I was like, "Holy cow, this lady's terrible!" Yeah, she's. I hate her. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. So I, I think she felt like uh, Amanda was mocking her, though. Is I think what she's getting at. She thought because she was, everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. In the town, everybody mocks her and gossips about her. Gee, I wonder why. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's true, though, because when she walked in the supermarket, didn't Ollie say uh, to somebody, maybe he said it to Amanda, I don't remember, the, the people that don't know her, she's like the town crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So Brent tells people, um, those who want to find a real way out need to talk to him. Everyone else can keep stacking dog food. Miss Carmody preaches to the people stacking dog food. Um, she's like preaching from the Bible to them. She tells them that they need to prepare to meet their maker. Uh, the mechanic Jim jumps up and tells her how, <laughs> oh my God, how she needs to prepare her ass to meet his size ten. Amanda tells her to stop. She's scaring the kids again. So all these people at this point, which is important to know, are against Mrs. Carmody, right? Like right. nobody mm-hmm. thinks this lady knows what she's talking about. Yeah. They, they all think she's nuts. Okay, she says they should be scared. All of this talk about a modern god. There is a god, a vengeful one. He demands retribution and blood. Read the good book. It calls for blood. The bill is due. It must be paid. Amanda walks up and smacks Mrs. Carmody across the face and says that this is enough. Jim, again, that's the mechanic. He says, oh, that's nice. You can smack her, but it's not all right for me to smack her. Oh, Jim. Mrs. Carmody says that they'll come tonight and take more. And when they do, they'll come find Mama Carmody. Huh? You like that name? Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I do like how Amanda's like, I'm sorry, this lady's a little too Old Testament for me. Yeah. <laughs> So Ollie tells the group that around town, Miss Carmody, oh, this is where he says it, that around mm. town, Miss Carmody is known for being unstable. Um, so this far into the crisis, we're seeing like the worst of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> With the, I don't think David has really gone off the rails yet, um, but like Brent... Uh, let's, work, so let's start with the, the mechanics in the back were complete assholes, didn't believe anything that happened. It led to Norm dying. The store manager was worried about writing people's names down and... <laughs> reporting them as opposed to listening to what they thought they saw or what they did see, which he finds out is true. Brent, who has zero belief that anything outside is, is anything other than normal is just being ridiculous and trying to separate the group. And then you have the complete opposite of Brent. You have Mrs. Carmody who believes God is raining his vengeance on everyone and that everybody should be prepared to meet their maker. And then, which was the one that stuck out to me the most is Amanda, the school teacher. They were talking about how great she is with kids. She works with disabled kids, I think is what they said. And she just walks up and smacks this old lady. <laughs> yeah. Like this is bringing out the worst in all of these people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
which I think is, and you just made it in 2007, but it's, it's still extremely relevant today. I still feel like this is how people would act, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think when, when people get scared, it brings out the worst in them, and that's, that's exactly what we're seeing. Even again, I think that they did a great job of having all these different types of people, and you see that it's brought out the worst in every one of them. Like mm-hmm. at this point, I think Ollie and maybe David are the most level headed mm-hmm. so far, yeah. 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 And the old lady. Oh, you you really like Irene, Irene don't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we cut to Billy talking to the military guy and asking them to call their friends to come help. David asked the men if they could help, and they hop right up and start to move to the storefront, which I thought was weird. He had to go ask them to help when they, mm. and as soon as he did, they got right yeah. up. Yeah. That's really not, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the military, but it's not my idea of, it's like the military is the first to to help and to help the people and all of that. And these guys were just like over it. <laughs> they yeah. were they were wanting to just get out of there. I was yeah. surprised they all had a really bad attitude. Ugh, fine, we'll go. <laughs> yeah, but when he asked them, they got hopped right up. So that's what I thought was mm. was interesting to me was that he went up and asked them, "Hey, could, you know, we could use some help here, guys." And then all three of them got right up and helped them. But to me, I would have thought they would have done it anyway. So to me. Again, I had seen this movie before, but rewatching it, I was like, well, I wonder if they know that it doesn't really matter what they do. They're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if they were taking that opportunity while everybody else was distracted to talk about what they thought maybe was going on. Because, mm. you know, later we get kind of an insight into, right. oh, they were talking about this and that, but I don't know how much is true. And so maybe they were trying to, you know, secretly Figure it talk out. about yeah. it. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, Billy asks David if he thinks mommy is okay and tells him that Mrs. Carmody is scary. David tells him that mommy loves him and he'll do everything he can to get them back together. The group discuss the weapons that they're making, which include torches. They found some knives, etc. The store manager tells him there's no gun in the store. And then Amanda, our school teacher, pulls out a pistol. Um, and then she says it doesn't have any bullets in it though, but she does have rounds of bullets in her purse. Ollie says that he knows how to shoot a gun. He was the target shooting champion of 94. Hell yeah. <laughs> you go Ollie, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. The, the store manager obviously doesn't think very highly of Ollie, but you see that throughout this whole movie. But at this point he like, cause Ollie says he can shoot the gun. And he like makes fun of him and he's like, yeah. you can shoot the gun. He's like, yeah, I was a target shooting champion of 94. Yeah. You go Ollie. <laughs> just then Brent walks through with a group of people and tries to leave David tells them to hang out they're going to be making barbecue chicken on the grill which Brent tells him to move he's already psyched out some of the other people and um, he, he's seen this far too many times in court to let it happen here so again he calls them his people so again, he's trying to divide this whole group which I, I think Mrs. Carmody's doing as well mm-hmm. but uh, Brent tells him that there's a disaster but it's not supernatural or biblical again he thinks that there's a, a perfectly good explanation for all of this David asks Brent to tie a rope around his waist so that they know when he's made it 300 feet our good biker friend volunteers to do it because he's going to the uh Mr. Cornell's truck to get his shotgun we found out earlier that Mr. Cornell had a shotgun in his truck um that's what Mr. Cornell tells him he's got balls of brass <laughs> <laughs> It's a good compliment. I wish somebody would tell Will you tell me that later? We'll see. Okay. <laughs> David tries to talk to Brent one more time, and Brent tells him that he's wrong. He will not make a joke of him after all. As they're leaving, Miss Carmody tells them that they're going to die out there, all of them. As the biker's leaving, he tells Mrs. Carmody that he believes in God, too. He just doesn't believe that he's a bloodthirsty asshole that she's making him out to be. She smirks and tells him that he can have a chat with the devil when he meets him. 
I, I like that line. I hate this woman, but she's honestly pretty fucking clever. Yeah. <laughs> she's got good comebacks. Yeah. She really does. Like she's not taking shit from anybody. Well, she probably has savage. been. Yeah, for so long. So. Cuz like, well, I don't agree with her. I'm like this lady's nuts, but like she's like every time they come at her, she's like, "Boom." Fucking <laughs> I feel like I don't know if this is the time to say it or you're getting there, but I'm just going to start. You could tell me to be quiet if you need to. Um, with this woman, I, so I hate these types of characters, right? They like everything that you guys are expressing about this end of day, sort of, you just want them to shut up. It was weird for me though, because in this movie, I didn't like her, but I felt like, yeah, she's right. She's right. Like we screw with things and cause, you know, destruction to the world. I could totally see why if she truly believed that about end of days, that this would be end of days. I mean, I remember when I lived in California, some fish died. It was a lot of fish. You guys probably know about it. It was like, it might've been everywhere. I don't even know, but it was because of algae. Right. And there was tons of fish washing up all over Google and news. People are saying it's end of days. That was just fish. Okay. These giant things coming and killing people It end of days. You're like, you might start thinking, Oh shit. What's, what's happening. I even said to my husband, I might kind of sneak over and just say, can I read a couple pages of your Bible? Just in case. Like just in case, because this is crazy and I'm not, a, I'm not a religious person, but this is crazy. So that's hmm. all I have to say about that. I guess in that <laughs> instance, like if all this crazy stuff is happening, like, well, I don't, I guess it wouldn't be that far out of the realm of possibility that, well, hell maybe like, fuck, I don't know if there's fucking pterodactyls and giant spiders and shit. Like that's true. That's true. Maybe not right now where we're at with on um, the timeline that you're sharing, but it definitely in, in the future. And I do not like her. So, but I'm just saying you might pray a little. <laughs> you're just like, yeah. you might no, just in no, case, <laughs> just in case. So outside we see the group walk into the mist as David holds the rope. As the man walks out of sight, the rope uh, keeps going. It suddenly drops to the floor, then extends very aggressively and starts flying all around and through their hands. And this fucking noise made me cringe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like it made my hands hurt. It's like, I'm like, why let go of the rope? Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So anyway, David pulls the rope back. And as he does, uh, the rope's covered in blood. At the end of the rope, as it approaches, we see the biker's bodies cut in half. And um, they pulled the, I think they shut the door at that point because he's still outside, which we see later. But Mrs. Carmody asked them if now they see, do you believe? So this rope was flying through their fucking mm-hmm. hands at like a very, it had to have cut his hands open. Mm-hmm. And if, did you notice this made me cringe too, which is probably very relevant, but he like pulls it in and like the blood gets on his hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I also picked up on that. I was like, no. How about the one guy that had the blood on his hands and then touched his face? Oh, I have a note uh, for that. Yeah. For Jess <laughs> yep. about that. Hate it. Hate Jim that. did. They just like show him going. Uh, he, like blood all over his hands. Gosh, man. I just biohazard. Right? <laughs> These people are so yeah. okay with it in horror movies just to get other people's yeah. blood all over them. Gross. I'm like, disease. <laughs> but I don't know if you noticed, like Irene did give David like a towel or something to hold the rope with when it started moving mm-hmm. real fast mm. and Oli had something in his hands too. He was, his, I think it was like his apron or something. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I was just like, Oh, his hands are ripped open. He's yeah. pulling this other person's blood toward him. Oh, it made me want to. And the scene ends with Jess's favorite part with Jim going. Yeah. <laughs> blood in the mouth. You love licking the blood, blood off his yeah. fingers. Oh man. Horrible. 
Um, does anybody at this point think that Brent is alive or is Brent done? I just assume they're all dead. Me too. That's the end. Yeah. Okay. Only 30 minutes. Oh, sorry. Scene eight. Only 30 minutes left of daylight. Jim and Myron work on getting battery operated lights working and Ollie stays, uh, says that there's only 30 minutes of daylight left in the back of the military officers and Sally discuss their parents and where they're at. So this, I thought this scene was, could have been cut completely out of the movie. So we, we could have done without this scene. Yeah. We see the one, uh, main military guy and Sally in the back. Um, yeah. Flirting. They liked each other in school. He, she asked why he never asked her out. Yada, yada. Um, we cut to the back, to the front of the store, and we notice the parking lot lamps are on. One of the men puts his plate of food, idiot, up on the dog food bag right in front of the glass, and uh, this huge freaking bug comes and slams right into the window. Mm-hmm. And immediately they all call for David, so which I thought was also weird. So at this point, are we to believe that David is like the leader of all these people? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, bu- the bug walks up the window, and did you guys think these looked like giant horse flies? It's the best I can do to explain what yeah, it looks like. Yeah. Big flies or... With stingers. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. We see more of the bugs. They continue to fly up and cling to the window. Miss Carmody's praying and says, look at those stingers. Dear God. David and Amanda shine their flashlights on the windows, and we see that more and more of these bugs just continue to come up and stick on the window. I have a note here. Normal bugs are attracted to light. Thank Why you. Why would these people not think <sighs> that... Let's turn all the lights off. No, let's shine our flashlight on the light and attract all these bugs to where we're at. What annoying me. Everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. go ahead. I was just going to say, everybody walked forward and lined yeah. their lights up on the dog food. Like yep. every human knows this, every human. And especially if you've ever seen Jurassic Park, which they probably hadn't, you know, you don't flash your lights or, Hey, we're in here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it's like annoying because someone, David or somebody says, turn the lights off and they never, no one ever does. Right. They actually turn more on because yeah. Jim goes <laughs> to the back and turns the spotlights so on. So that annoyed me because I never do turn them off. Oh my they God. They eventually run up to turn them off, but it is way too late. Yeah. Right? It's way too late. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's pissed me off. The whole, I'm sitting down here on that couch and I'm like, turn the lights off. <laughs> yes. Oh the first bug, the very first mm. bug, I was like, shit, turn the lights off. Yes. Bugs like lights. I mean, ah. Oh, man, I was like, I'm with you guys. Okay, we're all on the same page there. So all of a sudden, a huge pterodactyl-looking bird flies up and starts eating the bugs off of the the glass, which now that these pterodactyls are hitting the glass, it's mm. starting to crack the glass. Everyone's freaking out. Um, they, they're trampling all over each other to get away from the front of the store. Um, they are watching out the window, and there's more and more of these pterodactyl things just swooping down, grabbing these bugs, breaking, cracking the glass, and it does finally break. Um, the bugs start flying through the glass. Amanda kills them with a broom and starts stomping on it. Another bug lands on Sally. That's our store clerk gal. It stings her on the neck. As Amanda's trying to get a broom soaked in gasoline, the pterodactyls start coming through the windows as well. Um, oh my God, it takes them like a decade to light this fucking mop. <laughs> I didn't get it either. She's like fucking childproof oh things. Like she can't get the lighter to go. But did you notice though at first those pterodactyl things are not attacking the people? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. eating the bugs. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the little... They're going well, after little. the bugs. I don't think one of those pterodactyl things attacks a person until they start hitting them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I almost wonder if they just would have left them alone if they would have not bothered them. Probably. Okay. <laughs> um, and the other thing I want to mention is I think that we had that scene with Sally and the military guy in the back because of what happens here and they're trying to like make you feel 
like you didn't want you to like this character. That wasn't enough. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It really wasn't because she totally went up to him and started kissing him. And all of a sudden no. she was like, no, this is not what I want. And I'm like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> it just totally seemed like it's what you wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was done. It was so weird. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. Not enough. Not enough to make me feel totally bad for Sally. I mean, I feel bad for Sally. I don't know if seem like an asshole. I mean, I feel bad for Sally, but I don't think I got what they were going for. So mm-hmm. um, one climbs in and he's like on the back of a store person that worked there. He's like eating the back of his. Oh, yeah. This is gross. Uh, we cut to Sally, whose face is now swollen. She can't breathe. Um, they finally get the freaking mop lit. And, and one of the dinosaurs, I called it a dinosaur, but it was one of the uh, pterodactyl things. Uh, they do set it on fire, and David chases it around the store, hitting it with a stick. One of the men um, get caught on fire while this is all happening. So, um, again, one of the guys are caught on fire. This is a disaster. Yeah, this whole scene. Um, hey, y'all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what in the fuck are you guys doing here? At first, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I really didn't like it because I was like, this is utter chaos. This is absolutely mm-hmm. stupid. Everybody is making the most stupid decisions. Uh, this scene does not happen like that in the book at all but then i thought to myself i wonder if this is really how it would be utter chaos because we think not being in that situation we wouldn't do that and we wouldn't do this but i mean maybe maybe we would yeah i mean really they should have turned the lights off and run back in the storeroom and hid yes thank you one door way one door to block to go back into that you know yeah the back Mm -hmm. storeroom but i wrote that actually in my notes (laughs) did you but would it really happen i probably not oh if we were in the store now we know right yeah maybe a small group but there was what like 40 people in there yeah that probably wouldn't be very organized i felt like as the movie went on there kept being more people yeah yeah i thought so yeah Yeah, I, like I do feel like, yeah, like who the fuck are all these people? <laughs> I do feel like I I would have thought that we would have thought of hey let's all go back into the storeroom once we realized ah gosh the whole front of the store is plate glass yeah it seems like it just makes sense that it would yeah. be safer back there but yeah I agree plus they had that steel door out the back and then you had the one door you could have barricaded instead of mm-hmm. a whole row of glass windows mm-hmm. so yeah hundred percent agree. Um, okay, so one of the bugs lands on Mrs. Carmody and like walks up her stomach right to her face. She begins to pray, and the bug flies off, does not sting her, mm-hmm. and like hovers in her face for a while, and then flies off. During this whole scene, Billy's screaming for David as David is like fighting off this bird, not paying any attention to him. Ollie's able to shoot one of the birds and injures it, but the bird starts to crawl down the aisle right toward Billy, who's calling for David. And just before the bird gets to Billy, David grabs him out of the way, and Ollie shoots the bird, killing it. Uh, there's a lot going on in this freaking scene. So <laughs> again, I think we covered most of it, but for me, I agree. Get everybody to the back, barricade the one door. But the thing that stuck out to me is the, the I don't feel like those pterodactyls were, and they may not have been pterodactyls, but I'm calling them pterodactyls. <laughs> I feel like they weren't attacking the people until the people attacked them. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's safe to say if we were there, things would have turned out much better. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I think we all would have survived. Mm-hmm. It would have been really legit. Yeah. <laughs> See? See? All these we... people were playing games and we'd be yeah. like yeah. problem solving. Yeah. yeah. We would have handed out <laughs> bush lights to everybody. We would have yeah. got the beer out. We would have <laughs> We would have had an outline of what to do. See? There was one piece where after it calmed down, they started boarding up the windows with wood. Mm. And my husband literally went, you had that wood the whole damn time? And now you're using it? Oh, my God. I hate this movie. And he got up and went outside and had a cigar. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's uh, I was I was right there with him. But all right, scene nine. Poor Sally and David, you dog. David and Amanda look at Sally, who is dead on the ground. Her head is swollen up and purple. She's like almost unrecognizable, honestly. She kind of reminds me of that big lady from uh, Texas Chainsaw. You know, she got like, the big gullet. Oh, yeah, the oh, big yeah. liquids chick. Yeah, your favorite. <laughs> Another chick. woman tells David that Mrs. Carmody was right. She told them it would come at night. She told them someone would die. Outside, we hear something sniffling, and it pulls. it's like sniffing, and it pulls the half-biker body out into the mist. Back inside, Amanda comforts Billy as he asks for his mother again. David and Amanda chit-chat while Billy's asleep. Uh, we find out she doesn't have any kids. I feel like they're kind of flirting here, which is why I'm like, David, you haven't said one thing about getting back to your wife, but you're flirting with this this Amanda uh, teacher lady. Yeah, he's trying to get a mm-hmm. BJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <Is> that- <laughs> Do you think in this instance that's what he's thinking about? Yeah, probably. End of the world. So I can confirm that, that that's what he was thinking about. Because uh, one part of the book I thought was odd was that this particular, he loves his wife and he's constantly trying to call on the payphone and everything. Then all of a sudden, it's like all of this, uh, the stress, the fatigue, all of this, him and that woman do go have sex. Oh. Really? In the book, they do. It's like, to describe it like he's in utter utter chaos, you're going to get to it. It, I think believe it happened after the whole pharmacy scene. So it's just like utter chaos. And she's flirting with him. And he does think like, I I can't even believe I'm thinking about that. But he does. They go and they have sex. And then that's it. Yeah. Oh, there you, wow. you were right. I knew I was picking nope. up on something. Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Ollie approaches. He gets David. Um, Joe is the man that got burned. I was mm. talking about the guy that got burned. His name's Joe. Anyway, he, uh, he he's actually begging for them to kill him. He said the pain is too much, and he, he just wants them to kill him. Uh, David tells him just to hang on a little longer. They're going to work something out. Um, Hat- Hattie, that's the other older lady, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Amanda finds her and um, she's taken a bunch of pills and killed herself. So now we're seeing, we're kind of transitioned from these people not knowing what to do. They're all freaking out to where they've kind of given up. Joe, uh, obviously, he's horribly burnt. So I. Yeah. That's a different. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then this other lady has given up where she's she's taken a bunch of pills and killed herself. So we're, we're again, we're seeing the whole thing is, is, is turning and changing as this continues to go on. So. Um, uh, the group say that that if they don't get Joe some antibiotics, he he's likely going to die. And that's when they start discussing going to the pharmacy next door. Um, David tells them that they need to get out of the store permanently, not just temporarily. And Amanda tells them that Haiti, Hattie, whatever, has died. Uh, they carry out in a blanket out to the back room. David tells them that his uh, four-wheel drive is right outside. They should just drive south as far as they can to get away from the mist. Again, not once does he mention going to get his wife. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, Amanda tells them they can't. They don't know what's out in the mist, yada, yada. David tells them that Mrs. Carmody is working against them. She has four now. By noon, she'll have four more. David thinks she'll be sacrificing people to make it better. Amanda tells them that they do not have faith in mankind. She believes that people are mostly good. My God, we're a civilized society. Um, I I think this is a very interesting topic, which we'll talk about later in getting let and talking shit. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to dive into it now, but I do have a note to discuss it later. And I will remember, Seth, don't you think I'll uh-huh. forget? <laughs> David tells her, sure, as long as the machines are working and they can call 911, take all that away and throw them in a dark, throw them in the dark and see what happens. Amanda asks Ollie and he says, I wish I could agree with you, but as 
as a species, we're criminally insane. Put more than two of us in a room and we start picking sides and dream, dreaming of reasons to kill each other. Why do you think we invented politics and religion? Mm-hmm. David tells them first thing, uh, they need to get to the pharmacy. That'll be our test run. I don't know about you guys. Would you even be willing to go outside to the store at this point? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think because point, the conditions inside are such that yeah. you have a limited time. You, you're going to have to leave at some point. I mean, what have so. you got to lose? You don't know that yeah, anyone's right. coming to get you or anything. So, right. Yeah, I think there would be a point where you'd be like, okay, if we can get to the car and maybe drive, I, I buy that. And going to the pharmacy, I, I mean, I can understand the sympathy um, for the guy in the back room. I want to say, <laughs> don't hate me, guys. I don't like miss Carmody. Okay. Just let's make that clear. But when she is screaming, do not go out there. You're going to go out there. And then what if you do run into those beasts and come back, you're going to bring them back here. I a hundred percent agreed with that. You're going to go out. Then all the, whatever's out there is going to chase you back to here. And it's going to come back to us. I did agree with that. And I could totally align with why she was saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think you see that with the bugs that attracted the pterodactyls. Like, I completely understand her reasoning for thinking that. You guys are going to go out there, mess around. Half of you are going to make it back. We're going to let you back in, and you're going to bring the stuff back with you. So I totally agree Mm -hmm. why she would think that way. Um, So scene 10, comic books for Big Bill. David tells Billy he's going next door to the pharmacy. Billy cries and tells him that there are things next door. Um, They're waiting for you. They're waiting out in the mist. Um, they're waiting for you to get out there, then they will eat you. He begs him not to go. Um, as a dad, I don't know how I would handle this situation because I would imagine it would probably be uh, Lucy that was crying like this and telling me not to go out into the mist. He's going out into the mist to help this Joe guy, right? Mm-hmm. So he wouldn't help Carol from The Walking Dead get home to her mm-hmm. kids, but he's willing to, to risk his own life to go get antibiotics and pain pills for this Joe guy. Yeah, but there's kind of an ulterior motive, and he says that. I'm thinking beyond this. Like, yeah, we're going to go get some antibiotics and painkillers for him, but we're also using this as a test run. That's true. True. if they can score some meds for down their later journey, of course you would do that. I agree. I feel like, gosh, I feel like if any of my daughters, they're screaming, they're crying, God, please don't leave me. And then, again, Mrs. Carmody says, why are you so quick to make your son an orphan? I don't know that I wouldn't go, especially if no one else is, he's kind of the leader, right? Nobody else is taking the lead like David is, but it's like, at the end of the day, I'm sorry to say this, no one else matters as much as your child. You brought this child into into the world. They're looking at you, solely you, to protect them. I just don't know if it's worth the risk. And in the book, it was even less worth the risk because there was no fire. There was no burned man. It was literally a woman who broke her leg because she was trampled and she was in pain. Like, I'm not trying to be cold, but... I mean, I don't know. I just think it's precarious. That poor baby, how terrified his dad. He already probably thinks that his mom is dead. Now his dad's going to go out in the mist to get antibiotics. I don't know. I do agree going to the, like trying to go to the car or whatever and, and take your kid, but I don't know. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I don't know that I would have. And I, I also feel like the point of it though, is that if he didn't go, then nobody else would have went. Right. So yeah. he, he had yeah. to go in order for the other people to volunteer mm-hmm. to go. So I think that's why he went. But at the same time, I'm sitting here like I wouldn't 
Sorry, like I understand the guy's in a lot of pain and it sucks, but I don't know that I would go out. Right, right. but like Tawny said, he's seeing it as a way to get out. Yeah. So it's kind of like a pl- part of the plan, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's also emerged as a leader of this like faction of people. And so he probably wants to see with his own eyes what's going on out there. Mm-hmm. What are we up against? Yeah. Oh, he saw though with that tentacle and the, right. I don't know. I'm I see what you're saying though. I think I'm a, just a wimp. I just think that my it would tear my heart apart to just the knowledge that I my baby is already so terrified and now I'm just leveling up that terror because I'm gonna go out there and say oh here's this pretty school teacher take care of my kid if I don't come back that's what I'm saying (laughs) I'm with you okay so David gives Amanda the car keys and tells her if something happens to get Billy out of there David tells the group that they're going to get supplies they won't take any chances Miss Carmody starts arguing and one of her minions chimes in as well so now we see she's got a Mm -hmm. following she goes on to rant about the type of pride uh, what type of pride he has Uh, I'm sorry I can't fucking talk She goes on a rant about this type of pride is what brought on the wrath of God in the first place. Suddenly, an older lady throws a can of peas and hits Mrs. Carmody in the head. Irene. Irene, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. She tells, her that, she tells her that stoning people that piss you off is perfectly okay. They do it in the Bible, don't they? That was hilarious. And I got a lot of peas. <laughs> Dude, I was freaking dying at this scene. I can't believe they take her with them to go to the pharmacy. You know well, she volunteered. Right. Yeah, she wanted to go, right? But I just thought it was crazy. You huh? know what's funny is I have a no. I said, this is totally Seth when he gets old. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> the pee thrower. All right. David asked if anyone from the army will go, and one of the, the guys volunteers. This is the guy that was making out with Sally earlier, um, along with the pee lady, which is Irene, and then Jim the mechanic. They leave together in a single fire li- file line as David holds a spotlight out. Again, I don't know why they're bringing the fucking spotlight to attract yeah. the bugs, but well, I think we're to assume they can't see anything. I know, but here so, we are. Yeah, as they <laughs> right. walk through the mist, they can hear things grumbling softly. But uh, they do make it to the pharmacy. They find that the uh, pharmacy doors were left propped open. They need to get what they need and get out, is what David tells them. Uh, Irene tells them where the meds are. She's evidently a professional here. She knows exactly where everything's out. So they all <laughs> depart to go get what they need. Um, suddenly, there's a loud crash as freaking stupid Jim walks into something. Did this scare you, Seth? Yep, jump scare. You got you? <laughs> I have a big bang. <laughs> I knew it. Um, so Ollie and David climb behind the pharmacy counter to get the meds. Um, did anybody else find it awkward when they're yelling out these medical names? Like, they clearly don't know what they are. But right. they're, like, yelling right. out. I was like, this like, is... Like, yeah. well, I yeah, guess that's like, kind of a... That's kind of common, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I just found it very odd. And why it? does Irene know where everything is? Oh, exactly. it's back there in the corner in the fridge. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's why she went. Because she knows more of the layout, right? Mm, that makes sense. Oh. That Does makes she sense. work there or something? I don't kitchen. remember. Yeah, that part I, I never got. If she like, yeah, I think she's just a but pill maybe... popper. Because <laughs> she's a she's a retired teacher, right? So I don't know. I don't know, man. I think she's got a problem. Maybe she just goes and gets lots of prescriptions. She's older, yeah. you guys. Okay. Yeah, that could be it. <laughs> that could yeah. be the justification. We'll give her the benefit. Yeah. Okay. Good job, Tony. Good job. Sure. Uh, so as they're rooting through the farmers, they start to hear noises. Uh, Jim starts to say, "Oh God, no!" As he looks up and he sees like ra- all these people wrapped in spider webs all over the ceiling, all over the walls. 
It's reminding me of Jeepers Creepers. Like, how are they walking through this pharmacy and never noticed any of this shit? <laughs> well, whatever. Something grabs Jim from the webs, and we see that it's uh, it's a person wrapped in webs. It's the guy. It's the other military guy that told the other guys to meet him in five minutes at the Jeep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they try to pull the webs off, and they're unable to. They start cutting it with a knife. Um, out of the man's stomach and his face, these little freaking nasty spiders mm. start ripping through his skin, and I was like ready to vomit because I oh, hate yes. spiders. Ugh, but Jim turns around and there's this big spider standing on one of the shelves. So mm-hmm. thank God Ollie's there. Ollie shoots it. The spiders come out and begin to um, shoot people, shoot webs at people. As the mm-hmm. webs miss and hit the ground, they start to hiss and turn to like mist. No, they like are burning. No, or burning. Like burning. Acid. Yeah, oh, is that like, what it was doing? Yeah, it was like it's acid. acid. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, I was like ready to vomit. And um, did you notice? Can I just say, I'm sorry, that guy... Why were they trying to save him? I don't know. Maybe I'm just a jerk, but <laughs> he was gross and yeah. the bubbly. Like, why were they spending so much time trying to cut that guy down? Get out. I guess maybe they just thought he was like burned or something and didn't maybe, really yeah. realize the gravity of the situation. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was gross. Spiders was- boiling in his body. Like. I would have been out. Uh, Sorry. I would have been, yeah. I've been like, dude, yeah. you don't, I don't think you want to survive this no. state. So, good luck. I feel like, have any of you played video games at all? You're going to use all your ammo on, you're outnumbered, outmatched, right. and just grab what you need and fucking Get out. run. Yeah. Yes. yes. I can tell you, and if this is irritating, just let me know, or I, I'm hoping it's interesting, but in the book, it's not, it's not like that. They literally, there's the spider webs. Um, and there's no like officer in the thing. There are people and there's spider webs and they immediately are like, get out. And everybody starts running and getting out, which for me was so much more satisfying. Cause I feel that would be really how you felt besides let's try to cut these people down and let's do all this other jazz. That's right. true. More realistic. Maybe mm-hmm. when yeah. spiders come out, I'm like, nah, I'm yeah. done. did you have something Hell you want no. to say? Oh, but did you notice the soldier said, I'm sorry, it's our fault. I didn't catch it till later yeah. when David brings it back up, but I do yeah. have a note of it. Um, so yeah, so there's the spiders are shooting the webs. A guy named Bobby, he gets hit on the, I think on the leg, and leg, it, like yeah. immediately starts mm-hmm. burning Ugh. his skin off. Oh, Disgusting. And here it, like, we go. Like degloves. Yeah. yeah. Leg oh, dude, it's so <sighs> awful. Then they wrap a belt around his leg and they start like dragging him out of the uh, out of the out of the uh, store, and then the guy. The military guy, he falls down, his uh, fucking body just explodes. Damn, hundreds of spiders. Uh, Dude, oh so my gross. god, I wanted to freaking cringe. Um, another uh, spider runs, uh, runs up and shoots a web in one of the guy's faces. I didn't uh, again. There were some people that just. I don't know who that was. Yeah, I don't know either. I thought it was Myron at first. I'm like, wait a minute, he didn't go. All right. So as they try to get out of the store, a spider lowers from the ceiling and it starts to hiss at Irene and she grabs a can of bug spray and lights it on fire <laughs> with a lighter <laughs> as it hisses. The group drag Bobby out to the door uh, when the mo- this has to be the mother spider, I'm assuming. The I'm guessing. Big ass spider shows up and blocks the door and Ollie uh, goes to shoot it, but there's no bullets left in the gun. Suddenly, Dan runs up and stabs it with a stick, killing it, and they run back to the market. Yeah, so this entire scene made my freaking skin crawl. Well, and whoever mm-hmm. got it in the leg, they leave him behind. Doesn't he get the spiders attack him? Yeah, they yell, he's dead, or yeah. he's dying, he's done, he's done, let's go. Yeah, and they left him behind. <laughs> What a way to go. So at this point... I literally screamed at the screen, stop being a hero and go! <laughs> go <laughs> <fucking pharmacy. laughs> uh, 
So at this point, for me, that would have been the worst way to go would be the freaking spiders. Mm-hmm. Like, bring on the bugs and the pterodactyls and the octopus tentacles because I can't do Mm-mm. spiders. I, I thought, oh, my gosh, see, this is just what that woman was talking about. Now... Oh, you better hope these spiders don't follow you. They're tiny. They can crawl into all the different crevices, and you guys are screwed. You're absolutely screwed. Yep. Mrs. <laughs> Carmody, she knows what she's talking about. She- <laughs> I'm telling you, we're all going to be on her side by the end of this. Scene 11, supermarket sweepstakes, but with spiders. The scene opens with the market manager looking out the window. The group run up, slamming on the door to get in as they let them in. Um, David hugs Billy as Jim screams that they're all dead. We fast forward to David waking up as Mrs. Carmody is preaching to a group of people. We find out that David has been sleeping most of the day. Uh, we also find out that Joe died from his burns while David was asleep. So all that they did to help Joe was for naught because Joe died anyway. Amanda, uh-huh. Amanda tells him that Mrs. Carmody is riling up the group and she's starting to get them to believe that she's a fucking psychic. Now Jim's completely snapped at this point. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. He's I'd lost his shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God. Yeah. I thought they did a good job with that. I thought they did a good job transitioning to why he would be like, yes, yeah. I'm a believer because of all the stuff that he saw. And he just mm-hmm. can't, he can't wrap his head around it. Like that's the, that the only thing that he could think of that might save him. I feel like he's the only one other than David that's seen everything though. That's the denial that, coming yeah. in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, how, how bad do you think everyone stinks at this point? <laughs> I may mean, know. My God, the store has to reek by now. Dude, every I'm movie sure. you're worried about how people smell. Oh, Cause I just hate. We'll just think probably no working bathroom yeah. either. And now oh, there's 200, yeah. now there's 200 people in the store. That's yep. true. It keeps getting oh, more. Yeah. <laughs> Keep bringing in the extras. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of bathrooms, can I just go way back? I had a cringy moment when um, Mrs. Carmody was in the bathroom. She wipes her nose on that toilet paper and fucking leaves it. Oh yeah, for the she next does. Person. I was gonna say that at the time, but I <laughs> forgot. Gross. Disgusting. Sorry. Am I the only one that in a public bathroom I rip off like a big chunk of toilet paper and throw it away, and then? I guess God, no, depends. but I should do that. Because usually it's like up in the thing. Sure, somebody wiped their boogers on it and flicked it back up in there. Oh my god! <laughs> well, now I'm going to. Yeah, now that you've mentioned that, because you must do that, I guess. I don't wipe the boogers on it. Mm-hmm. I do do like uh, in American Pie, where I cover the entire to- the entire toilet with tons of pieces of oh, toilet I've paper. Done, I've done um, that. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a bunch too. of environmentalists that are going to hate me for saying that, but it's scary. If they don't have them, like they are the already paper covers, like yeah, yeah, like if they're yes. out, I do the yes. toilet paper. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. So we're with you. We'll all take the heat yeah. together. Okay, cool. We can all do this together. It's Thank more you. of a peace of mind thing. Yes. I don't know that it really does anything, but we're definitely getting canceled based on our public restroom yeah. etiquette behavior. <laughs> we're done. Twitter's gonna kill us. All right. Um, so uh, Irene tells David that uh, if he's still thinking of leaving, she's totally in. As they walk out of the aisle, we see that Mrs. Carmody has a. She has a ton of people mm. that are now following her. Um, so the the small group left. Um, what the fuck did I write here, Seth? They make that plan and get supplies and all that stuff. Well, there's a small group of people left that are not following Mrs. Carmody, which is my point is that when this whole thing started, they all thought she was nuts. And mm. now, like, the majority of the people are following her. 
um, mm-hmm. which is insane to me. But okay. Well, that's uh, how cults get started. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. Uh, the small group that is not left, that's left that's not following Miss Carmody, they're actually following David. So really we're broken into two groups at this point. You got David's group and you've got Mrs. Carmody's group and that's it. Um, they're talking about leaving. So like Seth said, they're going to get supplies and whatnot. So as Miss Carmody's speaking to the group, uh, they disband to go get the groceries for their trip, and they're going to hide him up front. David finds one of the soldiers and starts to question him. Again, why did it take him this long to question these freaking soldiers? I don't know. Mm. But they realize that the others are missing, and they can't find them, so they go into the loading dock to look. In the loading dock, they find the other two soldiers who uh, have hung themselves in the back. Uh, David gets like extremely pissed off at this point, and he starts talking in his Punisher voice, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he tells him that it was the Arrowhead Project. Was it some sort of military experiment gone wrong? Okay. Am I the only one that has no fucking clue what he's talking about? When did what? they, when did they yeah. ever say Arrowhead Project? I That's don't it. know. That's the first of it. Yeah. Well, I believe they say it in the... Uh, so in the book, uh, it's that is they they talk about it all throughout, and um, the but I believe the only other time they say it is so, when they're driving to the store. Doesn't he ask him uh, about the yeah. Airhead Project? Right. Yeah. Um, but in the book, it is very much more defined that there is this military thing going on, and there's a lot of rumors around um, what they're doing up there. Ah. Okay. So I was like, what? Like, I don't know where he immediately knows that he's like again. He, it was funny because he was talking in his Punisher voice, but I was like. <laughs> Okay. All right. So suddenly Jim, uh, the newly converted Carmody Christian Jim, grabs the soldier and says that it was his fault and drags him out of the mar- uh, out of the back of the market and slams him on the ground in front of everybody. Oh, this is hilarious. He says, them two pecker heads he's been hung, <laughs> that he was with hung themselves in the back. They knew about this the whole time. It's the Arrowhead Project. That's what brought down the wrath of God. Um, so he's on his knees, the soldier, and Mrs. Carmody is like, He's telling her it's not his fault. She's like grabbing him by the throat. She's like yeah. super fucking aggressive. She tells him she's going to cut his tongue out. I fucking hate this scene just because uh, like it sickens me that people would turn like this. Mm-hmm. That like, quickly. Just, ugh, yeah. Um, he tells them that he's he's heard stuff. They thought they were, there were other dimensions in, in, in other worlds. The government tried to create a window so they could look into these other dimensions and see, these, see what was on the other side. They must have ripped a hole through it and let the things in but it's not my fault. That's what he tells him. Miss Carmody mimics him and starts to preach and turns to the crowd. She tells him, she tells him that they're going, that they're all being punished and they're going against the will of God, walking on the moon, splitting his atoms, the stem cells and abortions, destroying the secrets of life that only God has the right to. The judgment is being brought down upon all of them. It's his fault. And she points at the soldier. She's like lost her fucking mm-hmm. mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. She's got a little bit of power, though, dude. She's feeling it. She's feeling good about herself, Seth. Mm. You're getting mad, or I can tell you're getting angry. <laughs> yeah, this is where I wrote, God, I hate this woman. <laughs> uh, so the group grabs the soldier. They're calling him Judas. David tries to get through the crowd to help him. Again, he's the only person that tries to help this kid, and other people are like holding him back. As they're pushing the soldier around, one of the men, I think it was the butcher, right? Yep. He stabs mm-hmm. him in the stomach three times with a knife. Mrs. Carmody tells them to feed him to the beast as they grab him and carry him to the front of the store. David finds Billy hugging. Uh, he hugs him when he finds him. And the group, as David hugs Billy, the group throws uh, the soldier out into the freaking mist. And uh, we see Jim, of all people, lock the door as the soldier's like screaming and banging on the door to try and get back inside. Behind him, there's a growling sound, and we see a huge, it looked like a lobster, a big-ass lobster. Yeah. 
uh, walking toward him and snatches him up. Mrs. Carmody tells him that the beast will leave them alone tonight, but tomorrow we'll just have to wait and see. So in my opinion, at this point, all of David's thoughts from earlier have come to fruition, right? Because he said that she's going to start sacrificing people, and now yep. she is sacrificing people. Um, and so we've got these monsters outside that are creating chaos, but I feel like at this point, Mrs. Carmody has created more chaos than all of the monsters have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I know you agree with me. I want to get somebody else. Oh. Well, she's feeding off you of everybody's fears is what she's doing. Yeah. You're so. fucking angry, dude. Oh, I, this seems <laughs> awful. Okay. All right, Tawny, what do you think? I agree completely. Like, and I think we, you know, we talked about this earlier. Like he sees the writing on the wall that this is where this is going with Mrs. Carmody. Mm. She's going to, you know, convert all these people in here. And it's only a matter of time. You know, it's already an us versus them situation. So at what point do we bubble up to the point of sacrifice? Mm. Right? Like right. he knows this is coming. So 100% it is like, there are, there are dangers both inside and outside, but where are you going to take your chances? Mm -hmm. Right. I think yeah. this movie is a very, really real scary portrayal of like human panic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'd be fucking out of there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I agree. They did a great job of that. And I have more comments later for getting lit and talking shit, but I think that that's what this movie is broken into two sections. You have these monsters, but then you also have the monsters inside the store, which are the people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Scene 12. Give me your very best promise. The scene opens with Billy and David sleeping. Billy wakes David up and makes him promise not to let the monsters get him ever. David falls <laughs> back asleep and we see Amanda wake him up telling him that it's dawn. He wakes Billy up and asks him if he's ready to go home. Um, Ollie stashed five bags of groceries up by the door. The group starts to walk toward the front of the store. It looks like everybody's asleep at this point. Um, but when they get up there, there's Mrs. Carmody. There's no groceries. And we see Mrs. Carmody sitting in like a, a chair. She's got like a knife. She's holding mm -hmm. up in the air like a crazy person. Yep. She tells them that she is God's vessel and that they're not allowed to leave. She asks them if they believe in God. She tells them that these people that have brought this upon them, it's the people. They've brought it upon themselves. Um, those that reveal, uh, what, what the fuck does she talk about? Those that reveal to bend to their need to God. So I think she's asking them to bend their knee to God and basically start to follow her. Um, she's saying that they mock their God, their faith, their lifestyle. They piss on us and laugh. I wonder how she knew they were leaving. I question that, but that's fine. We see Jim pull out a knife and start to walk toward the group. So basically she's saying all this, but her like minions and her followers mm -hmm. are there and they're all armed. They're and, all like, surrounding them now. Yeah. So yeah. she knows what she's doing. She's getting these other people riled up to go and, and get these people. So she tells them that they want the boy and tells them the group tells her group to grab the boy. So why does she want this boy so bad? Is Sacrifice. It? Okay. That's, that's what I assumed. Yes. So mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. David's group. Yeah. David's group fights him off with a stick. Um, and then Mrs. Carmody starts yelling, kill them, mm. kill them all. As she does this, Ollie shoots her in the stomach with the gun. And as she falls to her knees, he shoots her again in the head. Ollie says, I killed her. And David says, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, best part so, of the movie. Yeah. It's like, holy cow. Um, so we see Mrs. Carmody laying on the ground as the group run out of the door to David's car. Ollie opens the door as they get to the car. Um, as the group approaches, we see that humongous lobster creature. He's behind mm -hmm. Ollie. He snatches up Ollie. A spider appears and attacks one of the group members as another monster chases off Mr. Cornell and the market manager. David, Irene, Billy, Amanda, and Dan make it into the car. 
Before David starts the car, he sees the gun laying on the hood of the car. He opens the door, reaches out, grabbing for the gun. Just before a spider reaches his hand, he gets the gun and pulls himself back in the car. Whew. Sorry about that. <laughs> Why does it take him so fucking long to start the car? I don't know. Because it's um, dramatic. Yeah. Dramatic effect. Emotions are running high, so they're just like, come on, like, get just out start of there. the car and go. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was saying the whole time. I'm like, dude, just go. Leave the gun. Start the car. Just leave. Get out of there. And the ending would have been better off if they had left the damn gun. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Now. Very true. Yeah. And then they were just honking and honking and yelling. I literally have right here. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. why is everyone screaming and honking? Ah, seriously. When- I really especially hated when he opens the door to get the gun because I wouldn't leave the gun. Even though you're right, it totally is not good in the end. I would have gotten a gun for sure. Yeah. But when he opens the door and she's just like, get back in the car. Like oh, you're no. calling attention. Just shut the fuck. Just shut. Even yes. though you don't want him to be doing it, he's doing it anyway. Just <laughs> shut up. Just yeah. Shut up. Just go, Shh, get in the car. Get in the car. Yeah, you know? Yeah. I feel like we're all yelling at the TV. Yeah. Oh, I for sure was. Because yeah. I was like, because they get in the car and they just sit there. It's like, what are you doing, dude? Okay. Go. Agreed. Okay. Scene 13, the lonely road of faith. We see David and the group driving through the mist by the front of the stores. We see all the people inside the store looking out at him, including the marketing manager, which I thought was important to uh, note. But he made it back in. He did make it mm. back into the store and the people let him back into the store. Yeah. Do you think they snapped out of it after Mrs. I, C got I, shot? I think that's what we're supposed to be led to Assume. believe is that since Mrs. Mrs. C, Mrs. Carmody <laughs> is not leading these people anymore. They're back to their humane roots and they're, they, they, they let him back in the store, which you saw with the soldier. They did not, right? Right. They that's how I took it, that they kind of snapped out of their shit. Okay. I yeah, known. because she was someone who, when the bug approached her, it didn't kill her. So they almost probably saw her as like this messiah, this vessel. Mm. They started to believe that, but then she got killed. So. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think when you have a leader like that, when that leader is no longer there, it does allow cooler heads to prevail. And yeah. I think you saw that. So, uh, so we see the group they're dry. They drive to David's house to look for his wife. Um, the woods, the trees and the entire house are covered with spider webs. We can see his wife, Steph covered in spider webs through the front window that had been broken earlier, uh, by David's grandfather's tree. I thought that was very, um, odd <laughs> that she's, and he tell, uh, Amanda tells David that she's just, she's just so sorry. And she begins to cry and uh, I think David said something about I was supposed to fix that window. Yeah, he did. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was weird. So they drive back, great, to look for his wife. But then they get there, and oh, she just happens to be hanging in yeah. the front of that. Like, okay, that's well, very I kind of convenient. Feel like we could have done without this scene altogether. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they didn't want us to think David was a cold-hearted asshole and didn't yeah. Yeah. look for his wife. That's the only reason we get this. Didn't scene. add much to it for me anyway. Okay. Can I tell you what it's like in the book? Yeah. Does anybody mind? No, go ahead. Oh. Okay, I can't see your faces. It's so small. I don't know if you're like, geez, this chick in her book. <laughs> but it was so beautiful because you have this whole relationship. And so as he's pulling out, I'm going back to the the very beginning when he's pulling out to go to the store. He sees his wife. She's going out to clear debris from the garden. And he sees her beautiful face underneath this, um, underneath her sun hat. And then right in the book, I have it here because it was one of my favorite lines. He said, we pulled out. I haven't seen my wife since then. 
And this is like right in the beginning, you're like, oh crap, what happens? So in this portion of it, he does drive 40 minutes and he gets to his road to his house because his mind the whole time is about his wife and his wife is doing. And by the way, Billy in there, like told that teacher, get off me. I want my mom. But anyway, um, so <laughs> he gets to the driveway and if there's just too much debris. So he says, I'm sitting here thinking I have to get out to go see if she's okay, but I have Billy and he convinces himself over and over right now. I have to protect Billy. I have to protect Billy. And he just breaks down and cries because he can't even go check if she's okay because he has to protect his son. Oh, so you don't know in the book. Mm -mm. Okay. Oh, hmm. that's better than this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> better than this. Yeah. Um, so is there so they they go check on the wife the wife's dead you get to see her again very conveniently through the window mm -hmm. um so this next scene is very walking dead-esque to me where the car they're driving through all these cars they're flipped over there's the mist but all of a sudden conveniently you can kind of see the mist is letting up um again it's still thick though as they're driving through because you can mm -hmm. only see what's right in front of you so i don't know if we were supposed to get from that, that the mist is letting up or if they just did it to for the convenience of the camera shooting? I didn't get that it was letting up. But okay. I didn't either. Okay. It was for the convenience. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't letting up. Okay, beautiful. Um, They get out of the city onto a rural road. The group starts to shake. The, the ground starts shaking as this humongous monster that it kind of looked like the Cloverfield monster. Yeah, that's, that's the right. best yeah. thing mm -hmm. I can compare it to. Walks over top of their car, and then you see those tentacles hanging from it. And David looks shocked. Are these the tentacles from earlier? That's what I thought. Maybe, yeah. Okay, because this monster is freaking huge. I thought I they gave a body to the tentacles because the tentacles was like the very first one. And and they even say, what is that? What are those tentacles attached to? Yeah. They even uh, yeah, said that. True. So I mm -hmm. thought maybe they were closing it up. But, I, but it's I, so big. Like, yeah. I just assumed mm -hmm. that was a bigger version of maybe like a smaller tentacle monster. I don't mm -hmm. know. I thought maybe they extended. That's oh, what maybe. I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was definitely cool, though, that it kind of came around full circle because that is one of the first or it might be the first one we see. And then you see these small tentacles, which at that point to us looks humongous. We're like, oh, my God, look at these big tentacles. But really in relevance to how big that monster mm -hmm. is, they're not very big No, because that monster is so big. Um, so David looks over to Amanda as Dan and Irene look terrified in the back seat. They continue to drive. The car begins to sputter as it runs out of gas and stops. We see Billy's asleep in Amanda's lap. Dan says that it gave, they gave it a good shot. Nobody can say they didn't, and Irene agrees. We hear a monster in the distance kind of rumbling and growling. Mm -hmm. uh, David and Dan look at each other. Then David looks at Amanda and then holds the gun up. As David looks at the, as David looks back at Dan, Dan nods his head and like you can tell they're like agreeing on something. But David unloads the gun to find they have four bullets left. Amanda reminds him that there are five of them. He tells her that he'll figure something out as he loads the gun. Um, so the camera goes around and shows the group, and it kind of shows all of them. And to me, I was getting that like they were pretty much all on the same page at this point. Right. Mm -hmm. Except for Billy, of course. Yeah, well, except yeah. for Billy, of course. <laughs> Okay, so as Amanda starts to cry, Billy wakes up and looks at David. Oh, boy. Scene 14, the final scene. The camera cuts to outside the SUV, and we hear four gunshots and hear David wailing inside the car. The camera cuts back to David screaming in the car and slamming the gun against the dash. He puts it in his mouth and continues to pull the trigger multiple times, but it doesn't fire. We can see Dan and Irene are dead in the back seat. David uh, punches the car door 
open aggressively. And I have to, not to cut the tension here or ruin where we're going here, but I fucking died laughing at this point when he's hitting the car door to open it. Cause there was uh, nothing guess, wrong with the car. No, I guess I didn't catch that part. I was like, why is he beating the shit out of this car door? It's not like they wrecked the car and he couldn't get the car door open. Well, he just shot. Josh, he just shot his son. <laughs> and three other people. What? Please tell me how you would react. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. Let's not make any dents in the car. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking his rage out. Yeah. Okay. I was like, really? I don't think he's like, this door handle won't work. I think it was like, I need, I'm so pissed off yeah. right now. I'm going to beat the shit out of this car. I had to pause it because I was like, really? That's what he's doing? You're wrecking the car. It's not the car's fault. Yeah, come on, man. It's not the car's <laughs> fault. Okay. All right. I guess I'm the only insensitive one. Fine. <laughs> So David gets out of the car, he slams the door, and he screams, come on. He hears something in the distance and looks behind the car as he stands in the road yelling. He continues to yell, come on. There's a sound. He gets closer and closer. The camera zooms in on David's face, which begins to look shocked. As the camera zooms out and the mist starts to dissipate, there's an army tank with soldiers on it appearing with soldiers walking beside it. Oh, man. As it passes, uh. as it passes, the mist continues to disappear as more vehicles drive past. On a truck, we see the original woman from the store. That's Carol from The Walking Dead. No one would help her walk back to her house, and here she is on the truck with her kids uh -huh. with a bunch of other people in the back of the truck that had survived. Behind the truck are soldiers with flamethrowers, killing the spiders, webs, and bugs all around them. Above them, David hears the helicopter as he falls to his knees, crying, saying they're dead, they're dead, and he screams as the two soldiers walk up behind him. The camera pans out with David screaming, and we hear a never-ending, or we see a never-ending line of vehicles and trucks full of people. The screen turns black, and the credits roll. Mm. The end. Why didn't they just wait I, two more minutes? That's the most annoying part about it. Is It'd be different like, if it was like a day later, yep. but it was literally like two fucking minutes. Yep. I my heart's beating so fast re-experiencing this ending I hated it with mm. every part of, like I loathed this because I felt almost like the filmmaker walked up to me and spit in my face and this is why yeah. I'm getting really <laughs> passionate about this it was already enough like de like mm. I was having an anxiety attack him sitting there having to decide and I totally understand to shoot everybody or not like what are i'm going to take my son into the misc and risk him getting eaten and infested by these beasts or i'm going to shoot him in the head like like right now even talking about it what a horrible horrible thing to have to think about and i totally understand why he did what he did like it, it's like no hope you don't want that to happen to your child and all these other people i get it but but also but your child and then that was devastating enough. So give me a little bit as a viewer, have a monster come because absolutely at that point, I would have done the same thing. F life. Yeah. If I just yeah. did yeah. that to my child. I would be screaming for something to come and kill me, please. So at least that's kind of what he's doing, right? No. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. what he's doing. So as yeah. a viewer, please at least give me that. No, what I'm going to do is walk up and spit in your face and make you feel like absolutely, completely disgusted. Mm -hmm. That is how That's I feel happened. about that shitty ending. And one more thing, and then I'll be quiet. What was the point of that self-righteous 
indignant woman with her kids. Like, what the fuck was that? I just want to know what was the point of that? (laughs) She didn't have more hope than anybody else. Like, what was the point of her surviving and her glaring at him? I really actually wanted to smack her in the face because I didn't even (laughs) understand what was the point of that? It's not like she had any more hope or any more anything than anybody else that was trying to survive the situation. And that's how I feel about that. Like, I hated that. And that's it. After I saw that, I was like, I wonder if this had any link with if if you just walked out without any fear that that stuff wasn't going to like bother you. Because just like when you notice, what was her name? Miss Com- Comrade. I was calling her Mrs. Carmody. C. Mrs. Yeah. C. Mm-hmm. When that bug came up to her and she kind of just like lost all fear that she had and was just like, oh, go ahead and take me. And it didn't. Mm. Well, that's, a that's, point. that's a good thought but she was full of fear though for her children that's true she did walk comfortably out there though but i just felt yeah. like she was basically like so nobody is gonna come with me then fine i'll do it myself and kind of like conquered mm-hmm. any kind of fear that she might have had and i don't know yeah mm. all right you calm reaching. me down a little bit you calm me down a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's a very dissatisfactory ending. Yeah. I think for me, and we're we're gonna talk about it. We can talk about it now. It's fine. Um, is that because there was no monster, he didn't have to do it. Then they didn't have to do it. Then they just ran out of gas. Yeah, and, like I said, right. they could have waited longer than a minute. Yeah. Right. And he said earlier, I think he didn't. He say he had a full tank of gas. So they've been driving around for hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, the car died. Let's kill ourselves. Like I don't know. I just feel like maybe. And I've never been in that situation. I don't know. But to me, I feel like, yeah, they, they did it a little prematurely. Yeah. I think they could have waited until maybe something was a little more threatening yeah. to yes. them. I agree. The Agreed. Are you guys ready to rate this movie? Yes. Not this bad boy. I'm not saying that. That'd be silly. <laughs> I'm ready to rate this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. All right. So all of you newbies out there, we rate these movies on a zero to five stabbies rating yes a movie can't end up with a zero the platform did it because yep. it's a terrible movie oh it's pretty bad no one should ever watch it it's awful the platform <laughs> terrible terrible Noted. movie okay all right our highest rated Kruby's request thus far is the birds with a 4.3 followed by cabin in the woods with a 3.83 and Brightburn comes in third place with a 3.52. As I just said, bringing up the rear is going to be that shitty movie, The Platform, with a 0.93. And then I'm sorry, Caitlin. I know I talk about Caitlin all the time. Caitlin's like a, like a celebratory member of the podcast. She, she kind of she is, is, yeah. Because she gave us Hellraiser, and we hated it, and we gave it a one. So anyway... <laughs> two chicks in a horror flick. I hope you guys do better than that. I'm pulling for you guys. I really am. I really am. Thanks. I'm nervous. I'm so nervous. I think you'll be. Don't be. It'll be fine. Seth, (laughs) what do you give this movie? I am going to give this one a 3.5. Oh, wow. Oh, Oh, God, that's good, right? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Same as Cabin in the Woods for me. Wow. I'm impressed. I do like this movie. I just hate the ending. Okay. All right. So you liked it um, not as much as Brightburn or Sleepaway Camp. Or Terrifier, but it's up there for you. Yeah. Okay. Only because wow. ter- Terrifier okay. scared the shit out of me. It's because you're a weenie. I know. <laughs> Jess. I gave it a 3.7. Oh, man. You guys are racking them up here. Wow. 
Um, I enjoyed the movie. I hate the ending of the movie. I remember leaving the theater and cringing and being angry and mad, and I cried a little bit because I was so mad. I gave the movie a 3.9. Wow. Stabbies out of five. So, uh, Felicia, why don't you give us your Stabbies rating out of five? Okay. I give it a 3.5. For our podcast... Um, where we only do one through five, I was going to give it a three. So I'll give it a 3.5. 3.5. I hated that ending. It took me down. Yeah. What if I was, the- I was steady on my rating and then that ending, I scratched it out. Yeah. <laughs> if a monster had killed him instead, I would, at the end, I would have given mm-hmm. it a four. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, yep. Guys. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Well, but Tony, go with your heart. Well, that was you my know? next question for Felicia. If the ending of this movie had been the same as the ending in the book, what would you have given it? Oh shoot! I think it would have been up to a four, um, maybe a four and a half. If it was the ending in the book, oh yeah, I would have rated this way higher. Four, four and a half. Uh, mm-hmm. Fair. Fair enough. All right, Tawny, it's all up to you. What do you what do you give this movie? I'm gonna give this movie a four point five stabbies. Wow. <laughs> it's very aggressive four point five stabbies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm rating it kind of on like what I would rate it for our but it's the same because we do a five point scale. Mm-hmm. Shit, you guys. I we just don't have a zero. My husband yeah, said true. My husband goes, does it, ha- it can't be below zero. It can't be below one. I'm like, honey, you're not even part of the podcast. So you rate it whatever you want. And he's like, okay, I'll give it a 0. 0.5. Oh, he wow. hated he it. He really hated this. Loathed it. Yeah, he hated it. Why? <laughs> wow. He just, he hated, and he even said to me, and then we had a little argument, but not like in a bad way. We're still married. But he was like, this is why I hate horror movies. This is stupid. Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? This is ridiculous. Like he ripped it apart. And then the ending, he was just disgusted. He was so pissed. (laughs) And so then I was like, not all horror movies are like this, honey. And then I came in and then I shared with him about the book and the book's ending. And he looked at me and he's like, okay, but I still give this a 0.5. I'm giving it a 0.5 just because you convinced me on some parts, but this was shit. Oh, wow. (laughs) Hated it. (laughs) That's how I felt about the platform. I really hated the platform. And your pick, Killer Condom, I really hated that. The only reason I gave Killer Condom any points whatsoever is because of the uh, small, minute amount of respect that I have for you. And I couldn't just give your movie a zero. So whatever. There you have it. There you have it. All right. Wow. So, Tawny, you gave it the highest rating out of all of us. Yes. And I I realize that as we're talking about this, this is... I definitely proposed these picks to Felicia, but I definitely spearheaded this pick because I thought it would be one that everybody would like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, here's the thing, though. If I can say this, Tawny, I hadn't read the book before. And so when you suggested this, because you knew I loved Stephen King books, I read the book and I loved the book. I absolutely loved the book. So thank you. Because I don't think I would have read this as soon as I did without having watched this movie. Hmm. Okay. There you go. See, there's a positive. Mm-hmm. Honestly, we, the HMC, we didn't rate it bad. This is, I mean, no. you're in fourth place. You're behind uh, Terrifier, The Birds, and Cabin in the Woods, which are all great movies. Do you guys have anything that's four and fives in there? 
for uh, your ratings. Yes, listener request. The only one that's above a four is Terrifier with a four point one seven average, <laughs> and The Birds has a four point three average. Actually, you're above Cat. Uh, no, you're below Cabin in the Woods. Sorry, Cabin in the Woods is three point eight. You're three point seven. Okay. Okay. We're tough. You are tough. I thought this was a safe pick. Oh, why did you go safe? We wanted crazy. As long as it wasn't well, the platform. We should have. We talked about this. We should have made them watch Antichrist. This is what we should have we done. We did talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But we were like. Next time. Because even, time. even if they were super disturbed by it and emotional about it, it would have, you know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a, an insane reaction either way. I really want to see that. Yeah, there's always next time we can do it. Yeah. Hey. You guys are I mean, well. Let me defend what I just said by safe pick. What I mean is like, also, like I said this earlier, it's a meaty movie, but I also just thought, I don't know. I don't know that I've actually met anybody who hates this movie. And even if you hate the ending, like, I feel like you don't hate the movie as a whole. Yeah. Even if right. you didn't like right. the ending. But let me ask you all this. If the ending had been different, I just feel like the movie is not as potent. Like, and if, if the movie had had a different ending, I would not have remembered it. It would have been forgettable. Do I you feel agree? I don't mm. agree only because I've seen this movie and I didn't even remember the ending until I mean I actually when I watched it I still didn't know what was going to happen even though I had seen it when it came out. I didn't either. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even remember the movie and having read the book, the ending in the book is is I feel very very satisfying. I would have or if they would have had the monster kill him, I would have felt satisfied as well. All right. Yeah. For me, I've read the book and I prefer the ending in the book. Um I think before the newest it movies that came out, this is probably Stephen King's best movie adaptation in my opinion. Yeah. Even, even though I hate, even though I hate the ending, um, if the ending, oh, I liked Misery much more. That's you over here. Yeah, Misery is good, but yeah. I liked it more than this. If they mm-hmm. had made the ending of this book more like, um, I'm sorry, the ending of the movie more like the book, I probably would have rated it higher. Um, Me too. But I do think this is one of his the best adaptations of Stephen King's books to movies. Are we gonna talk about the book ending? Do you have that in here? Uh, I, yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. Calm down, Seth. Well, now I want to know. That is what dragged my score down was the ending. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ending. I love it. Like, just to defend the ending for me. I haven't read the book, so I don't know. I'm not comparing it to that. But I, it's both incredibly heart-wrenching and, like, awful and bleak and terrible. And it is also very hopeful in the way that had they waited those next like 20 minutes they would have survived like i don't like the idea of them just driving until the gas tank runs out that's the only part of the ending that i am not really a fan of because it's not a great survival strategy <laughs> like just go fucking bunker down somewhere else that's more safe that right. doesn't have a whole plate glass oh you would have liked of- the book ending okay okay well you're right <laughs> i don't know what the book ending is so we'll see but i just that's Oh, God, it's so memorable. I don't know. That's just me. I'm sure I'm you're alone not. on this island. I'm sure you're not alone. I'm sure there are no, people sure who really people love, love the it. ending. Yeah. Just here. not right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, not, in this, not in this group. We love you. <laughs> yeah, not in this group. I'm alone on the island in this group. But let me just also say in defense, I, Stephen King likes this ending. Didn't he he, I think he said that he wished he would have thought of it. Oh. 
Well, he does, and he doesn't think of it. But it, in the book, there is a paragraph. The yeah, there's a paragraph about how he. I think he he's either thinking it or says that. Well, if we don't make it, there's four bullets. And then in the book, I think there's only four people in the car. Correct. There's five people, but four bullets. No, in there's the, five. I believe there's five people in the car. There's five yeah. people still. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I know he either thinks it or says it that he if they have to, they still have the bullets to kill themselves, but. That's not how it plays out in the book. Um, anyway, we're going to hop over to Rotten Tomatoes. The critics of Rotten Tomatoes gave this a 71% on 147 counts. The audience gave it a 65% on 198,000 votes. Uh, votes, 198,000 ratings. IMDb gave it a 7.1 out of 10, which is 71% on 279,000 ratings. And we gave it a 3.7 average Stabby's rating out of 5, which is roughly 74%. So we actually liked it better than all of these other uh, outlets. Yeah. Wow. wow. True. You know what's impressive? How quickly you did that math. Uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Tell all your friends, please. We will. <laughs> The movie had an $18 million budget and did $57.3 million at the box office. So it made some money, Mm -hmm. even though people were mad at the ending of it. That's okay. As always, I have some thoughts after watching, which you guys get stuck talking with me about, just because I like hanging out with you guys and talking. So, you know, you're stuck here till we decide we're going to let you leave. Unless you got to go somewhere. Nope. Joke's on you. We're going to trap you and talk to you about it until you need to leave. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Help me. Okay. First question. Do we ever find out why Brent sued David? No. Didn't he say he assaulted him? Oh, really? I thought he was like, yeah, because you assaulted me. Oh, I thought he was saying he assaulted him right then in the store. Okay. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they ever say. Man, really I mean, we fun. know why, if you want to know. But, why? Why? Tell us. Uh, it was like land issues, boundary issues. And then uh, they also had that argument about the, you know, the tree being dead and it should be taken down and he didn't. But it, originally he sued him because of boundary issues and David won. But that's all that's really mentioned in the book. Uh, hmm. well, I wish it would have been an assault. That would have been a lot better. <laughs> they, did, they did kind of bring it up for a second then about the tree. And that's when she was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know what he's going to say? Sue me. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. okay. So when I first watched this movie, I hated it. The ending ruined the entire movie for me. And again, I had already read the books. I wasn't expecting the ending to end the way that it did. So I I guess I was kind of shocked, which I guess is good because going to the movies, when you go to a movie and you've already read the book, you kind of think you already know what happens. I didn't know what happened. And they they did that. Um, Again, I probably would have rated this a little higher, had a lot higher, had the movie ended the way the book did. The book is a lot more hopeful of an ending. Like Felicia said, he doesn't actually make it back to check to see if his wife had died. But correct me if I'm wrong, Felicia, but I think toward maybe the whole book, but toward the end of the book, it's his journals that you're reading, isn't it? Where he's writing. Yeah. So it starts as he's telling you the story. So at the end, I mean, do you? You want me to? Yeah, go for it. Okay. (laughs) At the end, um, they, so what happens is they're driving and he's really explaining, he's writing these um, pages. 
So what they've done is they're driving around. The mist is super, super thick. They really can't even see. They happen to go over this like bridgeway, but it was, he's like, thank God we made it because we don't even know if the bridge is out. Like we literally can't see anything because the mist is so thick. They make it to like a Howard Johnson's hotel, a Marriott hotel, and they pull up really close and they get into the front of the hotel. So they do bunker down in this hotel. They're all sleeping. The sun is sleeping and he's writing down. That's what this whole story is, is writing down on these pages what happened and his account of what happened. And his plan is to leave it there in the hotel lobby, not knowing what's going to happen with the world. But if anybody should find it, they have an account of what happened. And within the hotel he mentions that he's trying to figure out all these plans, which I really love this because it's how our human brains would think. He had happened to find a radio in the manager's office with an antenna, and he was trying to see if there was any radio stations. And he thinks he heard, and they kind of lead you on, a word, a word. So uh, one signal of someone speaking, and he really attached onto that because that's the only hope he has. And he thinks that he heard the word Hartford, which is another town. And so he's sitting there thinking, okay, come morning light. What do we do? Okay. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough gas to get to Hartford. I could go to the Exxon, but they're probably the electricity's out. I could siphon the gas, but that would mean I have to be outside for a long period of time. So he's trying to think through all of these things. Like, how is he going to do this? But he has to have this hope to save his son and the other people too. But you know, his son is his main concern. And so he's writing this all down and you're left with, you don't really know. And he mentions that he's like, I'm just going to let you know up front. This is an ending that my father would call it Alfred Hitchcock ending where it's, Mm -hmm. it's like, you don't really know what happens to the main people of the story, but this is all I've got for you. And he's planning to leave those pages and then do something probably, you know, try to get out and go. So we don't really know what happens. That's a much better ending. Yeah. Agreed. That's because you love Alfred Hitchcock. I do, but that's still (laughs) a much better ending. (laughs) No, I agree. It's a much better ending than when we got. I I really think they went for shock and all with this ending, and um, they got it though, so they succeeded, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, had the movie ended the way the book did, I probably would have liked it a lot more and not left the theater irate, not as irate as the village. <laughs> we're gonna watch that one again. No, we're yeah. not. Can I just say I like the village. Thank wow. you. My, me Thank too. you. You're it's welcome. I listen, you guys bring it up all the time, and I just want you to know I'm on your side. <laughs> yeah. We're going to watch it. One I'm of us done. is going to pick it. Nope, I'm done. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for coming on. We're going to get out of here. All right. Um, so one thing, I wanted to have a discussion, not an a, a in-depth discussion, but I found it fascinating. So the conversation that David, Amanda, and Ollie have in the store where they're talking. So Amanda says, she tells them they have no faith in humankind or mankind. She believes people are mostly good. We're a civilized society. David tells her that, sure, as long as the machines are working, you can call 911. If you take all the way, take all that away and throw people in the dark, let's see what happens. And then Ollie says, as a species, we're criminally insane. Put more than two of us in a room and we start picking sides and dreaming of reasons to kill each other. Um, eventually, they'll turn on whomever has a, or they will follow whoever has a solution. Um, why do you think we invented politics and religion? Anyway, I found this very um interesting that this movie came out in 2007 probably had this mindset way before that but in today in 2020 i i think it's still prevalent and relevant in the way that people and cultures think right mm-hmm. so 
again, I don't think social media was as prevalent as it was back then, but could you guys imagine if tomorrow, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Google shut off, what a fucking frenzy the world would be in? I wouldn't be in a frenzy. I think it actually be kind of nice. I think a lot of people would be (laughs) in a frenzy. Like a lot of that's their go-to. I'd be fine with it. I would be too. Would you guys? I would be, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've shut off social media several times, and I, I, it's not like I've come back to it because I like I'm like, oh, I need it. Uh-huh. I'm just like, oh. What do whatever. you guys think? I think social media being gone is not really a problem, but I think it has because we have been in a world with social media for so long that if it all of a sudden dropped out and we were forced into a small place together, it does cause more of that us versus them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to try to really understand, like, where you're coming from. I'm just going to fight you, right? Like, so it <laughs> it is this, like, heightened sense of, but what I think is more of a problem is when, like they said, you know, when you can't call 911, there's no police, there's no one overseeing, there's no one who knows what's going on. That's the scary part. Right. Social media uh, going away is not really the problem, but social media being there in the first place creates more of an us versus them mentality, I think. Yeah, I think that um, it would be a nice, you know, oh, shoot, I can't check. You know, I don't have to post something today on social media. I get a break. But if Wi-Fi didn't work, it would be very uncomfortable in my household. (laughs) I don't know. Like, when is the Wi-Fi coming back on? It would would be it would be rough if we couldn't, you know, uh, uh, Google search, mainly stream things, video games, something. but yeah but we all did it before we all grew up without that stuff yeah yeah what was that like i don't remember (laughs) but yeah it would be a nice break though it would be a really nice uh okay let's get creative and um almost like and not saying anything positive about covid uh and but i know that this has been brought up before forcing us to uh really engage more with each other and so if you think about it if there was no internet or no any of that stuff, what would I do? I I would probably have to play board games with the kids. Like we would have to engage more, not have to, I love playing (laughs) board games. I love playing board (laughs) games with my kids, but you would have to find more things to do and engage with each other instead of everybody's in their room playing their video games and stuff like that. Right. I guess I'm saying it's great if the mist comes. I'm just joking. I'm joking. It would be so horrible. (laughs) I mean, as long as you bunker down, not in a, in a convenience store, but, um, Right, right. I definitely wouldn't want to be with anybody else besides like people I really knew and was close with. Like I would be cool with Tawny and Jade and stuff and you guys, maybe, maybe you guys, but I definitely wouldn't want to be (laughs) in a store with strangers. That's for sure. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I think, again, I think it's prevalent today because of what we're going through now, but it's kind of forced us to do this, right. Where we're not allowed to, you know, people don't necessarily listen, but you're not supposed to go out in public or you're supposed to wear masks in public. And it's created this whole, Again, us versus them mentality, and I, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting that back in 2007, this mist comes into this town, and they're all segregated, and you have all these different types of people in this supermarket, right? And you really get to see how people react to certain things, and we're seeing it now firsthand how people are reacting to this, right? You have the people that are fighting wearing a mask tooth and nail, which you talked about on the last podcast. Uh-huh. It drives you absolutely crazy. And then you have again you have people that wear a mask in their car while they're driving by themselves. So you see this the two different ends mm. of it. And I think this movie, while there's some flaws, I think it does a really great job of showing from the beginning of when it happened to when people were you know you have uh, the neighbor I forget Brent 
who's like, okay, there's a perfectly good explanation for all this. But then you have Mrs. Uh, what's her name? C. Yeah, Mrs. C. <laughs> and, she, and she's like completely on the other end. Of, this is the biblical end of the world. And then there's all these people in the middle that have no idea, right? Right. Where most of us fall. Mm-hmm. And I think it just does a really great job of showing that transition from the beginning of it to the end of it, where it's just, the, it's complete and utter chaos. And I really think that's how human beings are wired to react to something like this. Yep. yep. So yeah, wow. Absolutely. Yep. That's, yeah. that's one of the things that I love about this movie. Like this movie has several elements that I love and it's like, you know, we've got Lovecraftian horror, um, survival, human panic which is one of the things that i am Mm -hmm. most scared about and Mm -hmm. uh like religious zealot like subplot i love that but going back to the human panic when covid first hit and people were panicking and buying up all the groceries in the store that scared me more than anything oh yeah because i i've never lived through anything like that until now and that scared the shit out of me i was like i can't believe people are actually going and buy like and it made me do the same thing, even though you're not supposed to like do that. You know, they were really telling people, don't go and buy more than you need. But there's this, there's this resource guarding. You're so scared. Everybody else is going to take up all of what is available. So you have to go out and get yours. And that is a scary place to be. Mm. But that is how we act as people mm-hmm. because you want to protect yourself. It's such a scary environment, situation to set up. Yeah, I mean, it really yeah. shows how fragile our society is. Any one little thing like that happens, and mm-hmm. I mean, look how people react. Mm-hmm. Imagine if it was something a lot worse, like a war, or you know, yeah, like yeah. people pillaging through your house, yeah, like breaking into your house for stuff yeah. because the, all the stores are out. This might sound mm-hmm. crazy, but throughout this whole thing, that's what scared me the most. It hasn't been and knock on wood because with Charlotte having asthma and everything, obviously we have to take this very seriously, but. I've been more concerned with that aspect of it, of Mm -hmm. what if we run out of resources Mm -hmm. and people start looting people's houses with them in it. Like that's what has scared me more than any of the other stuff. So yeah. And again, this is a, I think this movie does a great job of showing that people's natural reactions as human beings to what they would do if there is a resource shortage Mm -hmm. or if, uh, you know, again, this is kind of, on the far end of it, right? That there's monsters in this mist that roll in, but really, I right. think you, you never can, know. Exactly, you don't know, <laughs> you right? Know. Like in January, who thought we were going to be sitting here in December wearing masks to go to the grocery? That's true. That's true. That's yeah. true. So yeah, and we had like a major earthquake up here in Idaho, which I have never experienced an earthquake in my life, and so it was like right after COVID hit and all of that, and we were in this earthquake, and it starts happening, and it. like again I've never experienced it in my life and I remember looking out the window because I'm just like what is happening like there's like this low long rumble like it was a long time and then you know stuff started to feel like it was moving and I remember looking out my window and seeing stuff move like it was jello and I actually had the thought in my head I said it's the end of days (laughs) like I was like like, oh shit here we go (laughs) (laughs) We're going to die. And it was terrifying. So I totally get how people could be in the situation of shit. Maybe Mrs. Carmody's right. You know, this is she, everything is that she said is right. I'm going to join this cult. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Unless you want to, I guess. I don't know. You're free to do whatever you want. All right. So we always end our episodes with horror movie crew, HMC favorites. So I'll start 
with Felicia. What was your favorite scene from the movie? My favorite scene from the movie was when they pulled the half of the body um, at the end of the rope. I know that sounds weird, but the reason it was is because I was like, see, I told you, I told you all. Now no one can deny it. Like there's some shit going down outside and there you go. So I really, I felt satisfied with that. Oh, shit. Tawny, what was your favorite scene? Good luck following that up. Here we go. I'll get back to that in a minute. My favorite scene is when there is just com- exactly what I was just talking about. Complete and utter chaos. When the bugs come mm-hmm. that night and the glass breaks and they get inside and they have this whole plan apparently like beforehand, you know, like they're going to light the torches on fire and get the things out, but it turns to shit and it just gets crazy town and that guy gets lit on fire that is my favorite scene because I think it so aptly shows what I love about this movie is that just you, it's just human panic. They go and turn on the lights, even Mm. though they're yelling, turn off the lights because that's exactly (laughs) how it would be. You would think, Oh shit, shit's hitting the fan. They said to turn on the lights. If a thing got inside, I'm going to run to the back of the store and turn on all the lights. Like I just loved it. Even though it was so stressful, you know, it's just my, I yeah, I agree. That's, the that's mine too. Of this movie. It's yours? Yeah, it okay. was such a clusterfuck, and it yes. was like so. Like I had to keep pausing it because there was so much going on. And by the end of it, I was like, Ugh. <laughs> 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 "That's over." <laughs> Jess, what was your favorite scene? Um, I was gonna say when the Shermanator. That, that whole situation just because of those assholes that were you know pussy well he said he yeah. called him a pussy yeah. uh-huh. so I was like man that's, that's karma yep that's what like, you get Shermanator and that's kind of like the first time you get to kind of see like a creature like what the gravity of what's mm-hmm. actually happening mm-hmm. so yeah yeah I think for me my initially my favorite scene was when Mrs. C gets shot because I'm like thank god this lady's gone but rewatching it, and only because it made me cringe so much, it has to be those freaking spiders. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. when the spiders come out, the guy's body falls, and all those spiders Ugh, come out yeah. because you see all the big. There's like three or four big spiders, mm-hmm. but when that body smashes and all those little ones come out, I immediately thought those little spiders are eventually going to be those yeah, big spiders. All little baby spiders, aren't they yeah. cute? Uh, ooh, like I'm like <laughs> I have goosebumps now thinking about it. it makes me want to puke. But think how that dude felt inside with all those things growing in him. Oh, like, he was still alive. Yeah. Dude, you just give me goosebumps. Quit it. Like you had to feel them all crawling around in there. And- Stop! Do you remember Ugh. Slither? Slither? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's what it made me think yeah. of when that girl's like, they're tearing me apart. Yeah. Seth, what was your favorite kill in the movie? I think it's obvious. Mrs. Mrs. C. <laughs> Mrs. <Yes>. C. <laughs> I was so happy when she got killed. I'm like, thank God. Tawny, I think you agree with that. I, I thought about that as my favorite kill, and um, I agree. It's so satisfying. And yeah. I also love that moment after he says, I killed her, and David goes, thank you. It's, yeah, like, a perfect, like... it's a perfect line, because what else yeah. do you say to somebody who's just dealing with the fact that they probably just killed the first human they've ever mm. killed? And y- you can tell that he's like, what do I say in this moment? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. He's comforting him. Yeah. You yeah. had to do that. You had to do it for us. Mm. I loved that moment. But I'm going to go with Biker Guy, with what Felicia just said. When he gets Uh-oh. grabbed outside and pulled up, so the rope 
you know, slides mm -hmm. up. Yeah. I love that moment because you kind of start to get a sense of what they're dealing with, right? Like, yeah. oh shit, these things can fly. Mm -hmm. And then they reel in a bottom half of somebody <laughs> where the children and everybody in the store can see it. That was my favorite kill. Felicia? Uh, it is definitely when Mrs. C gets shot. I <laughs> jumped up and went, yes, like my favorite team got a touchdown. Like I was so, I, that was so satisfying. I love that. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Now, I agree. That's my favorite kill as well. Um, you guys have already hit on it, so I don't yeah. need to expand, expound upon it. Jess? Same. Same? Same. No. Man. For Same. Mrs. C's, that lady, that actress did a great job of making us hate her. Well, yeah. especially she there, did. if they didn't kill her, they weren't getting out. Right. Pretty no. much. That's true. Everybody was against them. And she was telling them to take the kid. Yeah. That's yeah. when I was like, yeah. oh, you got to shoot this lady. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, she was using yeah. religion, mm -hmm. basically, to be this like leader person all yeah. of a sudden. Mm -hmm. and that just While telling them to kill all these people. Right. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Going Get the kid in the whore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys think if we uh, went out, that'd be our Nick? We need another one, though. Like, I feel like we'd be like the kid in the whore. Like, we should start a <laughs> podcast. <kid> <laughs> it's too close to the fighter and the kid. The kid and the whore. That'd be a hilarious podcast name. <laughs> I'm just be. saying. It would be. The kid and the whore. <laughs> All right. Um, Jess, one thing you really liked about the movie. One thing. Just one. One thing. See, I had had I had put down like the monsters. Mm. That's not really one thing. I just I I liked how different the monsters were in this movie from compared to like other scary movies. Mm. I just thought they did a good job with it. I agree with you. I think my favorite aspect was the monsters. J and J, we agree. We're like peanut butter and jelly, but there's two J's. Awesome. Like PB and J, &J. J, it's a J and J. Jelly on jelly. What? what? <laughs> Double jelly? <laughs> That's legit how Charlotte eats her peanut butter and jelly. She's like, you're going to have to have a little bit more jelly on there, Dad. <laughs> All right, Felicia, what was one thing you really enjoyed about the movie? I have the same thing, the monsters. Oh, I did, shit. especially when you read a book and then you're waiting to see the monsters in the movie and you're like, oh, please don't screw this up. I, mm. I liked the monsters. Beautiful. That's three, three for three. Tawny? You know what? I'm going to double down and I'm going to say the ending. Oh, man. Oh, oh shit, Tawny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. I legitimately love it. And I was trying to think of like one thing and I kept doing the same thing. Like, oh, the characters. That's not one thing. Uh-huh. So, banding. Felicia's mad. Look at her. I look am. at her. I am. It's a good thing you guys are I'll so get her. far I'll away. I'll get her. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get her back. I feel like if you were together like we are, you would have punched her. <laughs> I would have bitch slapped her across yeah, the face. Yeah, slapped her. I love Tawny, but, you know, I would have thought about it. No, I'm just kidding. You bitch. <laughs> Seth. I'm going to have to say Irene. She was the comic oh, yeah. She was the comic relief in this for me. Irene. I liked Irene. Yeah. I didn't even think about Irene. She's my favorite character in this movie. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. I didn't really think about how much. Her. Yeah, yeah, I loved her until you said it, and I'm, like, totally on board with that. Yeah. Damn, Seth just broke the... Seth is consistent, though. 
Yeah. That's true. He's been talking about her the whole mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. I All loved time. her. He's consistently <laughs> consistent. Yeah. That's Seth. <laughs> that's Seth. That's why we keep him around. All right. Last but not least. You know Tawny, my answer to this one. One thing you did not like about this movie, Tawny. One thing. Just the one. The the handheld camera aspect I didn't love. I, I felt like I could get over it, but sometimes it took me out of the movie a little bit because it feels like it's not consistent all the way through the movie. And it like some moments feel very much like they're a TV show, which they did pull a TV show crew to shoot this movie. So maybe that's part of it. I don't know. It was for The Shield. I haven't ever seen that TV show. I don't know what it's like, but that's like the one thing that I feel like if I could change something about this movie, I would. Interesting. Is that why you asked me if this was made for TV? I thought it yeah, I just thought it was. Uh-huh. I, f- I feel like a good chunk of his movies are made for TV. A lot of them are. Like yeah. most of them probably. Yeah. Well, Jess, since you're on you're on the stand already, what's uh no pun intended about the stand, Stephen King? <laughs> That's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> One thing you did not like about this movie. Oh well, you know, the ending. Somebody pick <laughs> not the ending. <laughs> Oh, here's Sorry. my moment, maybe. It is, yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's, the, it's the ending. I'm really trying to see if I can think of something else. Do you not want to go next? you want me to make somebody else go yeah, next? Yeah, give me a minute. All right. Uh, <laughs> Felicia. The ending. <laughs> Sucked. Yeah, I can't think of anything else. It's, it's the ending. Yeah, I'm sorry. I gotta go. I with just the hated it so much. Piss me off. I'm still laughing about. Oh shit, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing that made me mad in the movie was that ending. Yeah, the ending was rough, dude. They could have made it better. I, I don't know. We're, sorry, we've already Tawny. talked about it. Yeah, we've talked to the death of this ending. <laughs> sorry, it's, it's amazing to me that was your favorite part, though. And you even doubled down on it. I did. You know that was the name of an Eric Church tour, right? Double the double down tour. <laughs> no, nope. not amused. Nobody cares. Well, hey, dude, that wraps it up for the most part. Our next episode is going to be Gremlins. If we can uh, get our shit together and not be sick and record, um, mm-hmm. we're going to do it. I feel like we're really going to do it. Yeah. It was just that Ginger Dead Man movie was cursed. I think it was. We should have never watched it. We should have never talked about it. <laughs> That's true. true. Well, we're in the middle. Hey, you should contact Shudder and let them know worst curse movies. They have that you know series, the curse movies. Mention the Gingerbread Man and your guys' experience. Dude, I'm writing this down. Yeah, it took us what four (laughs) four delays before we could record that stupid horror thing. We were all like sick. This movie almost killed your dog. Yeah. Oh my god! It did not almost kill my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not true? Not true. We're telling Shutter that. We're t- <laughs> that's what we're saying. Yeah, yeah, you got to you got to add that up. We got to spruce Shutter, it up yeah. a little bit. We got to get on the same. We're, I'll put together a PowerPoint. You know okay. I'm good at PowerPoint. <laughs> then they send us like a ten dollar gift card. Dude, I'll take it. That's <laughs> like that's like two months worth of Shutter subscriptions. I'll take it. All right, hey, we're in the middle, sort of, of our HMC Happy Horror Days. We'll have Gremlins out after this episode, and then we're doing uh, Krampus. And then we have our season finale for season one, which will be out the last week of December. We'll start season two in January. Um, One more opportunity for you guys to shamelessly plug your podcast. Tell everybody what you guys have going on this month and what they can expect in January. All right. Okay. 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> we uh, actually just did Gremlins and it was awesome. And, um, or I don't know if it was awesome. You'll have to listen. We might've hated it. <laughs> we, we did Black Christmas and we're doing Krampus. And then we're doing uh, a special episode at the end of the year, kind of like a 2020 in review. Anything else, Tony? you want to add? Uh, no, I think that about covers it. We should have practiced for this. We're like, we really should have. Podcast. We don't know. Okay, listen to us. <laughs> Follow us. Love us. Yeah. We do this. If it weren't for Jess, I don't even know where our podcast is at. So I always have her tell everybody where the podcast is at, and that's actually what we're getting ready to do. So hey, Jess, if people want to listen to us, where can they find us? Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Horror Movie Crew Podcast, and you can find us on pretty much any listening platform spotify amazon music you name it you did a great job thanks i'm very impressed thank you yeah you did a great job <laughs> where can listeners find you two lovely ladies same thing anywhere that you like listening to your podcasts um and we're also on instagram facebook tiktok pinterest like i just everywhere. the only one that's different is twitter and it's two chicks hf two chicks hf yeah our name was too long but everywhere, everywhere else is at two chicks in a horror flick. <laughs> Do you ever screw it up with AF? I did several <laughs> times in several uh, episodes. It's two chicks AF. Ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Tawny, I just let Tawny say it because she gets it right. <laughs> I feel like that'd be us. We would never correct it. We would just, we like, just leave it. Nah, they'll figure it <laughs> <Nah>. out. <laughs> Change yeah. your Twitter name. Change your Twitter handle. To- It'd be easier. Ah, to fuck Twitter. We don't even do anything on Twitter. Do We're we? not very good with Twitter. Hardly. What's a I'm not. I'm not really good with it. I, you know, Instagram syncing and automation. That. That's yeah. great. <laughs> All right, well, hey, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you, too, sincerely for being on here with us. We really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you. Hopefully- Gosh, thank you. Yeah, we absolutely are honored and loved being on your show. Well, we loved having you yes, on the show. Loved you. The only thing that would have made it better is if Felicia had an HMC shirt, which I'm pretty sure it's on its way. I mean, I think... <laughs> She's so mad. <laughs> it's on its way. <laughs> I love your show enough. I should just buy one because I I really can't count that the shirt's on its way. (laughs) With that being said, do you, Two Chicks in a Horror Flick, have anything else you want to say in relevance to The Mist? Uh, What I will say is you most definitely should read the book. It was a great book. I absolutely loved it, but read it after you see the movie. Mm, I just want to say, join my side and love the ending. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a I'm tough not one. Join her side. <laughs> I think we just broke their podcast up. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Seth, you got anything? No, I think I'm good. Jess? I'm good as well. In that case, we're out of here. Bye. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. I think we should just leave it on and see if they stay there. Did you want us to leave? Okay. Thank you, guys. (laughs) No, you don't have to leave. We're done. I mean, I shut the recording off, so you don't have to go anywhere.